0: What's going on, WANK Clan? Who's that voice? I hear you ask. That is Tom the One Simpson. I am back uh, after uh, after a couple week absence, and it's it's a lonely show today. I was expecting a I was expecting a bit of a a bit of a homecoming celebration. I was expecting everyone to be here to welcome you back to the show, um, but. But if I could pick anyone, it would be you, Patrick. My my co-host, Patrick, is here with me. How are you doing, Patrick?
1: You saved it in the last bit.
0: <laughs> Did I say that in the la- what? No, you saved it
1: in the last bit. You said like, ah. but anyone else who could
0: be here, yeah. No, like, the- yeah, I I could have been so mean. I could have said. uh you know but no it's 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 no, always not, football
1: related please so yeah great to have you back tom really nice uh hearing you but also seeing you you're not seeing me for some weird discord reason but i'm seeing you <laughs> back yes. to full powers again
0: nice to be back and oh patrick did you hear uh it's coming home <laughs>
1: uh italia italia you're, you're <laughs> we've
0: got We've done what... Sorry, this is for any, anyone who's unaware of what's happening right now. It is currently the Euro 2020 Championships uh, for... For uh, promotional reasons, it's still called Euro twenty twenty, even though it's happening in twenty twenty one. And England have made it to the finals, um, their first their first tournament final since they won the World Cup in nineteen sixty six. Um, so of course, if we win, it'll be our first major tournament since nineteen sixty six. And um, I'm a little I'm a little disappointed with Patrick for not for not rooting for us for that reason because Italy have won the World Cup fairly recent. I say fairly recently, you know, um, you know, within recent memory. So. Yeah, so I've,
1: I like Italy, that's first of all. <laughs> and football-related, I don't like England, so that one plus one makes two, so I guess... Everyone
0: like, likes Jack Grealish, though. Who's that? So, who's that? Who's that? You would, yeah, you wouldn't know. Oh, but, oh, uh, Liam's going to get annoyed, because he plays for um, Aston Villa. But he's okay. he's he's been the big popular player. Every time he comes on, he gets a big big cheer from the crowd. So. Ah,
1: okay, yeah. I just yeah. actually saw one match, and that was England against uh, Germany. Well, you so know Raheem Sterling,
0: wouldn't you? Yeah, of course. And not, uh, not
1: only I know him; I have a friend here in Iceland who used to play for Liverpool in the youth, and he's very close friends still with him. He's still so friends with him. He's still friends with him. Yeah.
0: I think you've told me this story before, which is why I won't get you to elaborate on it. But I am a Liverpool fan, so that is of interest to me. Yes. <laughs> Anyway, that's not the sport we're here to talk about. We are here to talk about A little wrestling, a little uh little I don't know where I'm going with this. Shall we just start? Let's <laughs>
1: <That's a> go. <goal. laughs> <laughs>
0: Grab a broom fight raccoons dynamite yes it is uh it's a have you heard that the uh, misheard lyrics of no AW dynamite. from, from was that Oh, it's on Reddit. It's, uh, Liam's always quoting it. It's um, boom, let's go, ignite, getting paralyzed on a cask of wine. <laughs> boom. And then it's uh, grab a broom, fight raccoons, dynamite. <laughs> <I> <laughs> almost,
1: always... almost as cool, uh, like uh, the Dark Order with Cody Rhodes theme. Adrenaline in my soul. Something, 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 something Cody Rhodes.
0: Rhodes. <laughs> yeah. perfect. Yeah, same energy, same energy. Yeah, great. This was a special episode this was road rager raging on the road um and we started our show off with well we start off with a with a full i don't know if it was a full crowd but um it was a full a, crowd, they were a proper crowd. yeah it seemed quite it seemed quite a small arena i want to say compared to what it they used to do to me so. it
1: looked to me like they they cut off half of the arena Put the yeah. ring and 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 the entrance there, and because like when you when you looked further from the ring, I was well, now the other side of the camera. Because for some reason, the hard cam was above the entrance this above, time. The, yeah,
0: I noticed that. Yeah, too.
1: and then you saw like the round thing, but also I don't know about the arena. To be honest, like some some arenas are shaped in a weird way. Also,
0: here's the thing. I think I think it is obviously it's a it's a gradual thing. So first they had the they had the fans come back, and then they had the you know, and, you know, they gradually, they had the fake crowd and they had the real crowd and it was just, they have been gradually getting back. You know, they were still at Daily's Place with the other crowd back. Now they're on the road. I think we're still in the transition period, even though this was the first one that felt like, you know, even a little bit like old Dynamite again, you know, um, but like the stage was, the stage, the ramp wasn't long like it used to be, was it? And um, And I think the first one that's going to feel Okay, we're proper, proper back to how it was pre-pandemic. Now will probably be the Rochester, New York one. Because I think is it Rochester? Um, but anyway, the yeah. New the, Jersey. Uh,
1: come on, it's in Jersey. One of
0: the. <laughs> um, I think Rochester's in New York. I think it was in Jersey. Oh, speaking of which, that's a nice segue quickly. Because we're at the beginning of the show. The promotion is still on. Still nobody has messages (laughs) to show they're from Jersey. If you can message us on WANK podcast, still got it, on um, Instagram or Twitter, slide in our DMs. Give us some proof that you are currently in Jersey. Don't even have to be born there. Currently in Jersey uh we will say, Oh, and uh wank wrestling at gmail.com if if you don't have social uh, wank
1: minus podcast at gmail.com might what yeah the, the rest no no wrestling no,
0: right. <laughs> w, w- <laughs> wank wrestling at gmail yeah, you're right. shut uh, up you 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 made you created that email yeah right <laughs> um yeah, if you can, if you can slide in or email us at any of them, we will uh, and prove that you're in New Jersey. We will send you or we will get sent to you the first ever Antonio Gogo shirt uh, because that's exactly what you'll want. Um, and because it's been uh, it's been so long and we still haven't had a winner, I am I am going to expand it. If you're from New Jersey, New York, or pennsylvania which also share counties with new jersey so technically you know they uh they have something in common with new jersey if you're from any of those three states those three you can get uh, you can get the shirt so how generous is that patrick say i'm generous
1: so generous it yeah, feels like you. you're, you're uh, Ebenezer Scrooge on the first day of Christmas after
0: <laughs> just gradually gonna be just gradually gonna be creeping across America until you realize that either yeah. we don't actually have any American fans or nobody <laughs> gives a shit about Antonio <laughs> Gorka they don't even want a free shirt
1: or people listen to us with a uh, American VPN VPN <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah this is probably what's just... going on like there's people like oh should I should I change countries on my VPN because this is getting awkward now and, like I feel bad for them um no new jersey new york or uh yeah they've probably got a vpn based in new jersey <laughs> <laughs>
1: they, i mean I, got some, I have new jersey like, servers VPN on my vpn so
0: <laughs> yeah
1: but just yeah. just a, a little like uh heads up again uh the james l knights center where uh the road ranger uh special show was now held in is actually a theater this is why it looked that weird it's a theater uh. And it as you it see it on the picture and everything, so it was really sold out. It has a, yeah, like a weird building. Like this is what what it looked like, not like a, a or a weird setup, or yeah. not a setup as like a normal arena. So it was completely sold out. And I think from what I see, they yeah they did it quite nice. Like how they arranged everything.
0: Next week, I think we're gonna. You know, we'll we'll see we'll, we'll probably see something resembling the older stadiums when they're going to Texas, I believe. Anyway, the first match of the night was a South Beach strap match between Cody Rhodes and QT Marshall. Speaking of Antonio Gogo um, we're back in feud limbo with uh, Cody and QT. I will just give you that uh, that thing you have all missed oh so much. My uh, farm fresh, factory fresh, whatever JR says. Uh, restaurant quality play-by-play. So, QT Marshall doesn't get an entrance, which I thought was odd. Um, Cody starts with a tope to the outside of the ring. Uh, the strap comes into play early. It's Cody who starts utilising it. He whips QT. Uh, like a scolded dog. Cody, uh, makes a counter and pushes cutie into the turnbuckle. Cutie goes for a moonsault that gets strapped, uh, out of the air. Cody starts with the touching the corners thing because they've got to touch the corners four times. That's how they win this stipulation match. But, uh, Aaron Solo on the outside stops him, and Dustin Rhodes runs out to neutralise Solo, takes him out of the match for the rest of the match. Uh, Cutie hits a low blow and starts whipping Cody before attempting the touches himself. Um, At this point, I realised I don't think they've done enough to explain the rules of this match, because... um, commentary seems to be under the impression at this point, what they're saying is that Cody can touch a couple, sorry, QT can touch a couple of the corners and then Cody's reach and flight the third one or the last one as if he can then take it. That, that that's what it sounds I, like. They're I didn't saying, understand
1: but... it, like because the the strap matches in the past were different because there were also like like buzzers or lights yeah. in, in the corners when you touched them, and I just didn't get it. It felt also like I was watching with you as usual, and we were also like, did they just make up the rules in between on yeah. the fly, different or so? I, did you know it's They Co- didn't introduce QT... it as well. That's also weird.
0: Yeah, they didn't. They didn't give a rundown for the, you know. Maybe they did for the live crowd. I don't know, but they um, yeah. Cody touched two sorry, QT touched two corners, then Q or is it two or three? And then Cody was reaching for the third or the last one. It's like, no, don't you have to start again? It's like, uh, uh, you know, as far as I was concerned,
1: when like the referee decided when it was under uh, interrupted and when a had to start again. Yeah. So it was,
0: it was kind of weird. It was, it was weird. It was a weird way of, you know, of putting it across. Anyway, QT gets busted open by the ring post on the outside, I believe. Um, and, uh, Cody starts counting the uh, the the turnbuckles again, and the lights go out. Um, now, I still don't know if this was accidental or not because something obviously happens later in the evening, something big, which we will get to which could mean this was intentional, but it didn't seem intentional at the time because it didn't really do anything to stop him counting. So it was just, I mean, they're going to play it off as if it was now, but um, it's very coincidental if it wasn't intentional, but I don't, I'm not sure either way. Um, but the lights went out anyway and then came back on. Uh, Cody starts choking QT on the top rope um, with with the uh, with the strap. He attempts a top rope Hurricane Rana, but it's reversed into a powerbomb off the top. Uh, QT begins tagging the corners but stops to beat on Cody because Cody's standing up. QT ties up Cody's arms and hits him with an avalanche diamond cutter. Uh, Cody tells QT to whip him. He's like, yeah, go on and give me more, give me more. and It kind of jacks him up. He uses the adrenaline uh, to to start making a comeback. Cody hits his patented springboard cutter and he starts counting but stops, uh, well, Cody starts counting and then QT tries to interrupt the count but Cody hits him with a low blow um, like a back kick low blow like a horse kick kind of thing so Cody was wrestling quite healing this match like I said he was the first one to bring the strap into play he was using the strap a lot he hits a low blow on QT Um, QT spat at him I believe and that was enough to get Cody's ire up sufficiently to hit him with not one not two but three crossroads and then uh, count the corners for a very decisive win that made sense to all of us at home Um, yeah what were your thoughts on this one Patrick because this was a this was an odd one I think
1: well um yeah hmm hmm my thoughts are mixed so in the end I was actually enjoying that match but it was more the reason for the crowd which was interacting uh uh very well um, they
0: um they were very wise putting this on first because yeah. this could have bombed later, but that you know this first proper crowd back on the road, they would have cheered anything, Do you know what I mean so yeah, it, was, definitely. it was smart it was smart booking to put this first,
1: yeah, definitely, um yeah, what i didn't so I, I liked some some moves in there like you described also i liked that also the three crossroads in the end i i yeah. like that like the, making like real come on now i really have to finish him and they used it some moves also the the strap a little bit for it like this was this this was fine but as like when we both interrupt, interrupted erupted uh, 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 your your play by play and talked about it like i didn't get the the rules yeah. of the match this was highly sorry highly confusing for me because half half the match took me to understand the rules because there was no proper introduction and I couldn't guess how it was and so so yeah this was a little bummer of everything because uh, in the end it was it was a fine match like also for a feud which I'm not really
0: so much involved this, in so yeah th- I don't think anyone's involved in this and I think no. okay so this is the thing when Cody and QT meet right it's never bad it's never awful right. It's never a terrible match. In singles matches, they had a pretty bad tag match a while back. But in singles matches, it's never terrible. But no one's interested. No one gives a shit. And I, this, after the singles match they had, um, I suppose, was it following uh, Double or Nothing or just before Double or Nothing? I don't know. I can't remember. But they had a, they had a singles match between the two of them. And I I just feel like, this this didn't add anything. This didn't feel like an escalation, and it didn't feel like a blow off. It just felt like another match between Cody and QT. It was like if you if you think of it like a like going up and up and up. It didn't feel like it went up. It just felt like it stayed straight. Do you know what I mean? The uh, in in terms of the the intenseness of it, it didn't feel like even with the strap. Like you introduce a stipulation like a strap, it feels like I just they haven't really built it up enough. Like you know, he's he threw him off the top of a top of a bus no he didn't he didn't that was my head that was my head booking yeah, thinking cody should have head thrown head him off the top of a yeah, bus right. yeah he got him on the top of the bus you know um he made him uh, tap
1: on top of a bus without the match ta- being held and then the referee is just there yeah you <laughs> tapped and you're like why <laughs>
0: <laughs> but yeah they they got you know a bus involved and and they had this big emotional you know as as emotionally invested as you can get in this kind of match um, between these two this match on Dynamite so why, why are we having it again you know the strap didn't make it feel like it just feels like okay this is the feud that never ends I mean I think I think it's gonna end just because based on something later Cody's gonna get into a different program but like I just I thought this was over I thought this was over and like Cody the big face even though he wasn't really coming across as a face beat Anthony Gogo at uh a dub, double or nothing was right. I'm forgetting the names already. Yeah, Sorry, nothing, I'm I'm yeah. I'm, uh, I'm I'm rusty. But like, it just felt over. It didn't feel like, and and now we're just having an extra match, like a bonus match. It's like, it just it it didn't it didn't justify itself on its place on the card for me. That said, it wasn't a bad match. It was it was not a bad match. It was just not an interesting match. You know what I mean?
1: Yep, yeah, exactly my thoughts. Yeah, definitely
0: next up what was next up oh next up we had a Sean Spears promo um, well what started as a Sean Spears promo he uh, called his chair shot on Sammy from the week before when he interrupted uh, Sammy's match with MJF blind wrote match that by the way um, match of the year candidate I think last week yeah definitely yeah um, uh, he called it the second greatest chair shot perhaps the greatest second chair second greatest chair shot he's made in AEW obviously the first being that he was referencing when he uh, hit Cody Rhodes over the head and gave him all those stitches he says Sammy has an ego problem which is how um, Sean Spears managed to get the jump on him because he's thinking about himself not thinking about Spears Uh, and then Sammy interrupts with a chair of his own throwing a a, uh, a chair from just out of camera shot into Sean Spears' head and says, gotcha bitch, and uh, says that their feud is far from over. Um thoughts on this, Patrick?
1: Yeah, just uh, some something very small, but I liked it. I, I like to to see more of Sammy uh in the ring because he's so over now. He's getting finally the the, the turn from uh the the rookie which was losing everything to now like the the tough guy after all this, after all this misses and everything, he, and uh, he was also, the
0: designated he was the designated pin eater of the inner circle, wasn't he? Yeah, really, right? For a while, yeah.
1: yeah. And now completely turn around. I like that, and I really want to see Sean Spears again in the ring. Also, like in a singles match, uh, he isn't used properly. I think still not used properly. But you never know about what what's going on in the background. Also, because he has a, a resting school and everything, maybe he isn't up for it. Doesn't want to wrestle too much, or so. Um, but it's fine I'm looking forward to it really really, uh, yeah really looking forward to it especially after last week with MJF what uh, the future still holds for uh, Sami
0: you know what I want to see I want to see a Sean Spears versus Christian Cage chair match
1: Oh yeah, in general, a chair match. Okay. This is also what you and me talked about. Uh, he also said like a uh, chair match would be would be nice. How, in yeah.
0: How has how has he not had a chair match yet? Okay. Yeah. Like Sean Spears and just and it being AEW and just wanting to do everything next level. Like I always found it hard for WWE to kind of justify a chair match. It's like it's like a hardcore match except you know the focus is on chairs and it's like well you're yeah. it's just a hardcore <laughs> match. It's just a hardcore match dialed back in that case. But so what AEW should do if they do a chair match? is just have. A fucking ridiculous amount of chairs <laughs> like yeah, definitely. Uh, like, yeah. like all up on the st- like two or three pyramids of chairs just up between the like, or just one massive pyramid of chairs up between the tunnels and like two pyramids of chairs at ringside or three just all around the ring just a ridiculous amount of chairs throwing each other into piles of chairs just that's like redefine the chair match to, to, as something that's more exciting than just a hardcore match with just chairs do you know what I mean Yeah, uh, I'd, I'd love to see that
1: like they, they did that uh, I don't know when it was twenty twelve or so in, in the TLC yeah uh, on the TLC pay-per-view where they still had like all the chairs hanging from the from the ceiling and then falling down. I don't know who was buried then afterwards below oh, them. I remember
0: that, yeah. I can't but remember that, who was in it either, but I remember that. Yeah,
1: but that was great, something like this, and also give the chair match a little revival because now you have TLC. TLC is not a proper TLC match, pay per view, whatever anymore, and then yeah.
0: Yeah because like in because uh, the other the the uh, the T and the L tables and ladders they have kind of an objective in the match like you go through a table it's the end of the match you grab the belt it's the end of the match but uh, you know like I say for all intents and purposes there's no the, the chairs don't like justify themselves to be there in terms of like the rules so it's just got to be so you've just got to like I think kind of amp it to the next level and just make it carnage and that's something I'd like to see next up we had Tony Schiavone interviewing Kenny Omega well it's really Don Callis and Kenny Omega because Don Callis talks first and dismisses Tony Schiavone immediately Um, says that they them two him and uh, Kenny have made history and uh, he gets a you got fired chant from the crowd because Tommy Dreamer fired him from Impact um, Don replies to the crowd real men don't quit they get fired so that was uh, quick and off the cuff that was hilarious uh, Yeah, they list off the people Kenny Omega has defeated and then suggest that there's no one left you know typical uh, typical heel champ antics and um, then there is a we want hangman chant from the crowd and the dark order interrupt Evil Uno asks why Kenny's ignoring hangman although he doesn't He doesn't call him by his name. He says, you're ignoring my friend. Um, Similar to how they had last week, where they just didn't mention Hangman's name, but Kenny was like, oh, if you're talking about who I think you're talking about, etc., um, and then Kenny says what's the capital of Thailand and as soon as he said that a lot of people in the crowd and I think a lot of us at home were like oh he's going to kick him in the nuts <laughs> <'Cause>, uh, <Definitely. laughs> obviously the capital of Thailand is Bangkok but um, it, to be honest Evil Luna was so slow on the uptake if someone said that to me I'd immediately put my hand over my dick um, but Ivo was so slow on the uptake of that joke uh, I think he kind of deserved to get uh, I mean I love the Dark Order fuck Kenny Omega that heelish bastard but uh, if you don't If you don't don't cover up when someone asks you what the capital of Thailand is, uh, I think you need to get kicked in the nuts because it's the only way you're going to learn. A uh, brawl then starts out between the Dark Order and... I mean, would you call them the Elite? It was just Kenny Omega and the Good Brothers. Um, Hangman comes out and takes out the Good Brothers, but he can't hit the buckshot on Kenny. He goes to, but he can't do it. He steps inside the ring and the two of them kind of face off. And it seems like Kenny can't really hit... uh, hangman either because he had the opportunity to hangman gets distracted um and kenny has the opportunity to hit him from behind with the title but instead he slides out and escapes the title so i just i love the long-term booking with this stuff like you know you uh, apologies for giving my opinion before i've even asked yours but yeah um what were your thoughts on this segment
1: yeah same for me <laughs> i love just the long-term booking and i love this teasing it was just just a small bit they were sending in front of each other looking eye to eye and then going out of the ring and also hangman second time teasing the buckshot lariat before coming in the ring normally that's the first time he did it, it was last year's revolution after he defended the titles that was quite interesting just a small reference but still like very long-term thing and i really don't want them to compete against each other already at all out Although it looks like it that they will be, but I just hope that Hangman doesn't win directly because yeah, I I uh, just I, I a think little they more, can really.
0: Yeah, I think I I think the easy and the crowd pleasing way, and I, that I'm worried they'll do is having um, having Hangman win. I just I I think it can go longer. I just and I know that the payoff will be sweeter if it does. Yeah, definitely. And I, think, I think he should. I th- I'm worried that they'll think they've already done the falling at the first hurdle and then coming back and getting him thing because they because the two of them faced off in the title eliminator tournament for the number one contenders. Yeah, um, exactly. That Kenny Kenny obviously won that match, and I'm worried that they're gonna emphasise that as Hangman falling at the first hurdle. No, I want him to fall at the first hurdle at a title level, and then and then you know and then you have this just emotional thing where he says to you know he telling me kind of the dark order see this is what i told you guys just leave it and you know and then just really kind of have this story on the road that they seem to be have been saving because they didn't they didn't hammer it back too hard at when they were at jacksonville they didn't hammer this storyline too hard because i think they were waiting to be on the road so just you know give us all the storyline we've been wanting for we don't want it to be over yet you know let's let's have it for, let's have it for yeah. a while
1: yeah definitely also um yeah i think also that that's a, that's a good idea um let him fail then it would be the second time he loses against kenny uh make it the third where he wins against kenny and then really that that is for me this is what i'm imagining in my in my uh, uh in my mark dreams that in the third thing like everyone thinks ah oh, he's he lost again he takes the the one-winged angel and then he kicks out and then everyone knows okay now it's time now it's really yeah. time because i think like when when they face off maybe at all out Kenny hits the One-Winged Angel and everyone is just waiting, will Hangman lay there pick kick happen. out and it doesn't happen, then yeah. you're like, okay, good. So yeah, that's that's what I'm really expecting. Um, but also uh, with the Dark Order, um, or in general with, with the win, when Kenny wins, that has to be like really dirty and not clean at all. Um, and also, there have to have to be like huge turmoil around the ring interruptions with the Dark Order, with the elite, with uh, Kazarian, the elite hunter. There has to be something like huge happening where so everyone is like, "So big on the on like, right now." Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, me too. Definitely, like this is this is so dope. Really, I have to say that. Although I'm white, he
0: might, uh, we might we have a we have a year end awards and it's very early in his run as the elite hunter, but uh, I think it's an early contender for gimmick of the year for me. Along with uh, along with God's favorite champion Miro is uh, it's definitely a potential gimmick of the year for me. Just how <laughs> inflammatory and unnecessary it is, it's, and he's hilarious as uh, you know. So
1: yeah, definitely. Also, I'm I'm still waiting. Lana shows up one day, just walking normally with the ring. Oh, sorry, C J. Perry. With him. Yeah. that would just elevate his gimmick even more. Yeah.
0: Next up, well, next up we had Jr. Interviewing Darby Allen and Ethan Page. Jr. Says it's disturbing how they both want to end each other's careers and what's happened between and well, and asked them what's happened between uh, for it to reach this point. Darby says it's all because um he being darby allen hit a point in his career in a year that ethan page couldn't hit in 12 years it's pretty devastating um he says it's not his fault that ethan never left his hometown that he married and had kids and um i guess stayed you know near a hometown indie promotion uh he says that ethan was complacent he was a big fish in a little pond um and the, he's just mad that Darby got to AEW first. Ethan says there was no lie in what Darby says. It's all true. But he left out one key part, which was that Ethan Page was the one that made him relevant. Um, Ethan kind of brought him into the business. Um, JR says he doesn't have an easy feeling about this upcoming coffin match they have. And Ethan says he's right not to. He shouldn't have an easy feeling about it. What were your thoughts on this little sit-down interview, Patrick?
1: Yeah, it was quite interesting. It got me now a little more invested because it wasn't just uh, like a face 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 off in the ring, talking to each other, and then one hits the other with a finisher or so. It was just sit down, really talking, bringing bringing really good good points. Like it was more like like a panel discussion or so, bringing really good arguments instead of just saying, "Oh, I'm just going to beat your ass because you're a sissy." No, it was just like. Uh, um, I talked about this with Jack and uh, James two weeks ago that there is actually a video from the um, from the independent uh, documentary filmer uh, Kenny Johnson about just the feud they had in Evolve and it's such a long thing and I really like that they're jumping on that still and, and keep telling that story. Um, it makes it a little more relevant to me than having a Team test a 20th time against him and Sting or so. So this this feud feels a little more legitimate, and I'm um, I'm curious to see what happens in the coffin match. Like really, how they built that up and everything.
0: I mean, yeah, I am finally excited about about a uh, Darby Allen feud. Um, this I think the thing is, I think they dragged so much out at Daly's place uh, because they just didn't want to. There's so much they didn't want to pull the trigger on, you know? So this is probably why we had stuff like, in hindsight, it's probably why we had stuff like Sting coming out and doing the same thing every week. And did, yeah, Because they were biding their time because there's so much stuff. And I think we'll thank them for it. There's so much stuff they did not want just pull the trigger on uh, like yeah. as I said and
1: also the it, last when weeks it when, when it was on, on Friday and so
0: like yeah. you could
1: definitely see there was a filler there were really lame episodes nothing big happening oh they were
0: bad I, I yeah. call that the dark night era when we had about three or four weeks <laughs> yeah but it, it's definitely bad. true
1: because it was more dark talent also in the main event and so like there was Really, nothing going on. Really big storyline-wise, but um, in the end, it was really worth it. Also, that they waited with what we're coming to later with the debut and everything. Uh, that's yeah, that's
0: just just awesome that they waited for that. Next up, let me check what we had next up. I wasn't ready. Sorry. Next up, we had Wardlow and FDR versus Jake Hager and Santonio Um I, I quite enjoyed this match. It wasn't. Uh, yeah, I'll give you a play to play and then I'll give you my opinion. So, Dax starts. Up yeah, please. Strong, sorry, think- please
1: do it play-by-play play because I'm just reading also through the notes here, and I cannot recall anything from the match. I'm, I'm really, <laughs> I was there, but I, I didn't save anything in my memory. But just keep on going. Well, Maybe I'll just
0: recognize something. Well, uh, let me see if I can jog your memory. So, Dax started strong with a Luthers press and punches. I think it was Luthers press. I think it might have happened off camera, but he was like he was he had mounted, um, his opponent. So, I uh, I assume that's what happened. He battled, uh, especially considering their uh, their technical background. Dax Harwood started out strong with a Luthers press and some punches. I assume it was a Luthers press because I think it happened off screen. Uh, Santana. Uh, was the victim of that, and he battled out and hit two Amigos, not three Amigos, he hit two, and then the third Amigo replaced with a German suplex ortiz gets tagged in and santana hits a moonsault off his back um cash comes in with a nice powerbomb counter on ortiz ortiz is isolated in the pinnacle's corner and wardlow comes in with a gut wrench powerbomb dax is back in and ortiz catches him with i think a cutter um my notes are a bit jumbled apologies the pinnacle gather themselves outside of the ring and ftr ring the bell as if the match is over um It, of course, wasn't. Aubrey Aubrey Edwards was not falling for those shenanigans. Santana and Dax both get into the ring and the inner circle isolate Dax with some quick tags before he counters on Santana with a spine buster and tags in Wardlow. He hits two suplexes on Santana. The pinnacle hits some quick tags that end in a cutter reversal from Santana. Ortiz comes in off the hot tag on Cash um, and Santana hits a cannonball off of Ortiz's back followed by a big slam on Cash from Hager. Really nice big combinations, big tag combinations from FTR, but they only get a 2 count. Ortiz hits a brainbuster on Dax and tags in Hager who locks in the ankle lock on Cash Wheeler. Hager hits a boot to Dax, um, who tries to break up the ankle lock, but then he calls Wardlow into the ring. Um, they have a bit of a face-off where he, uh, you know, he challenges him to be tagged in. And Wardlow obliges, and we get a nice hoss fight. Hager locks an ankle lock in on Wardlow after a few punches are exchanged. FTR comes in to break it up, and hit a big rig on, uh, on Hager and Wardlow, Wardlow gets the pin that sort of came out of nowhere a little bit for me but the action itself especially uh, Santana Ortiz I really enjoyed um, after the match Conan who uh, was in the corner of of the inner circle comes in with the mad ball um, he's swinging that around at all three of them. Uh, Tully Tully Blanchard, however, chops his leg out from behind and the pinnacle leave the ring unscathed. Well, unscathed in terms of after the match. Um, Patrick, have I jogged your memory at all, if you remembered anything from this match?
1: Just a bit, yeah.
0: <laughs> okay. Tell but me I what you thought that, of what that you can remember. I liked it. I remember I liked it that too. I
1: liked it. Yeah, it wasn't bad. And uh, I liked also that, that Conan was there, uh, especially, or that it Always seems nice to, to see be him. there. Yeah, really cool like I also said like yeah, last week <laughs> the episode you will never hear it unfortunately thanks to t- technical difficulties also in the yes we didn't in address that at the beginning of the show yeah sorry yeah, for that we... but in the post production it turned out it was a complete shit show um, yeah it was but no this one's just fault happens. <coughs> Liam <laughs> <laughs> yeah this just happens uh, sometimes but you know you have us back here um, yeah uh, I love that Conan there, it's like a little uh, reminiscence to uh, the LA- LAX times and i just hope he's a little longer there i don't know if he's under our impact contract or so i don't know really uh, but yeah
0: i thought he was with um, AAA, not not impact yeah, i maybe mean i am i am yeah. in keeping up with his career so yeah I, I have me to neither,
1: so but yeah i'm just happy to see him there and i like or the match CMML, in general what I, sure. what I what i what i can recall and um, i'm really curious to see still like where this big feud will end up because they might have a third uh, stipulation match and yeah, yeah we'll see whether it just ends that's all I can say right now to all all this uh, uh, thing going on really
0: I mean obviously Wardlow and Hager were only in the match because they're, they're protecting Santana Royalties and FTR because they've obviously got a 2v2 match you know at some point and so this yeah, is a clever there. way of extending it so you, you know um, a clever way of kind of extending it because Hager and Wardlow is a feud that isn't isn't uninteresting either so if if you're going to in- include people to um, in the match to take the pin and give the pin um, that's quite Generous, really. Do you know what I mean? Wardlow and um, Wardlow and Jake Hager. It's quite a uh, generous feud, and and in a way also they prote- pre- protected those two for a future match because it was FTR's interference on Jake Hager, Um kind of a cheat to win sort of thing. They weren't the legal men, so um, you know, semi cheating because you know there was no weapons or anything involved. Um, but yeah, I just just, just it-
1: imagine sorry, just imagine they could do a whole dynamite extra show just in a circle versus uh, the pinnacle with four matches. Just I mean I'd like it that.
0: but I, yeah. I'm worried be, I'm worried if they did that whole thing that you'd get people kind of complaining it was the inner circle versus pinnacle you know the, the feud's gone on too long They're, I mean just by having it in one night I think it would oversaturate people to the point where they might like any kind of minor complaints they have about the yeah, rivalry it, they might exaggerate but I'm really enjoying it so far yeah
1: but if if, if this would end the feud the final night like yeah. really really end it
0: yeah this would have a special yeah. draw
1: attention again and everyone's like okay a Final time, the matches sound really good. Now just let's end this here. And then you're also invested because you know it's over. They will fight yeah. till someone bleeds the and then everyone is the will last, bleed. This but, is the uh, last uh, one. Yeah. yeah.
0: That'd be good. I like that. They, um, tell you what though, the only thing is they'd have the before, um, you know, it, with Santana Ortiz versus, uh, versus, why the FTR? Sorry, I don't know why that, that slipped out of my head for a second. It would be four matches wouldn't it because it would be Santana Ortiz versus FTR Wardlow versus Jake Hager uh Sean Spears versus Sammy Guevara and MGF versus Chris Jericho so you need a fifth maybe um Conan versus Tully Blanchard how about that <laughs>
1: well, that, that is something I I don't know uh, would, well, I, would could, I like I mean, to see that it would tully, be uh, t- also quite interesting just for five minutes or so <laughs> just
0: yeah five minute match just have it have it as like a a hard a street fight or something, I don't know, but like, um, I just, I just, I'd like to see Tully Blanchard in his uh, in his kind of tracksuit again. And you know, FTR kind of jacking him up for a match. You know, the hands on his shoulders are like, You got this, you got this, Tully, like, like, and just have some training montages and Tully training for a street fight, which isn't <laughs> yeah. his kind of thing. And then Conan just like beats the shit out of him with a kendo stick or a mad ball or something, oh, <laughs> gets yes. the pin on him. Yeah, that that'd would be, be fantastic. Nice. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Next up, we had um, a, a little section um, with the Good Brothers talking about John Moxley. The Good Brothers say they have a problem with Moxley holding the title, this title being the IWGP United uh, States title. Um, and mention about how Kenny Omega was the first one to hold it and it belongs with the Elite. Carl Anderson lords his return to New Japan over Moxley and asks if he's ready to defend uh, against against someone like him. And uh, they say their uh, mantra now is "beat up John Moxley." They say in unison, um, "Was that a thing? They did they have like a beat up AJ Styles thing or something? Or a beat up? I swear they've said this before with somebody else. Um, whether it's in WWE or um, or." or new japan pro wrestling i'm not sure but i think that was an old saying that they've now modified for john moxley's name thoughts on this uh, this little segment and this match there was a lot of new japan footage in this segment obviously yes
1: uh, as well yes. yeah that was there was something very unexpected and made me pop a little bit also because i was like yes they new japan is involved in it still like they're even just hosting like another title match completely on the show Giving them some some airtime uh, and also like who doesn't want to see machine gun Carl Anderson again in the match? So
0: he's he's yeah. not been himself outside of New Japan Pro Wrestling. No, I think no, definitely. I think I'd love to see him back in New Japan. And isn't he he's going back to New Japan? Isn't he?
1: yeah I think so that yeah. they're both going like yeah they have a working agreement with Impact uh, then with, with I guess they, they, can, so, they can go
0: to New Japan again so this casts a lot of doubt on this match with John Moxley because if New Japan have said okay you want the title back now it's taking the piss um, this would be a way to do it wouldn't it with someone that's going back and spending a lot of time in New going to be spending a lot of time in New Japan now would be um, to put the title on Karl Anderson so and he does might be, I
1: don't know. <laughs> he
0: does be that he is. I, I honestly, I think there's. I honestly think there's a sliver of doubt um there, uh, just because, you know, New Japan may have said that they want the title represented more back in New Japan. You know, especially they don't have the Intercontinental title anymore, and you know, I just, I don't know. There's a little, there's a little sliver there for me that um this, this would be a way of bringing it back would be to put it on Carl Anderson because obviously. I don't think John Moxley is going to be spending prolonged periods in Japan at the moment with just having a baby, so... Yeah, um, Yeah, that's also true. Uh,
1: It's the the question still, like, how is everything going now with the pandemic, how it's developing now, if they can still travel back and forth to Japan, and, you know, how they can put them into matches like this, uh, this uh, New Japan Strong, which is happening right now, it's just especially i think not only especially for the u.s market but they're doing it also now to have the talent which are not based in japan still competing in some new japan keeping them relevant within new japan in in the universe itself uh, and then let them come to uh, to japan as as soon as possible um, so yeah it, it's a good point maybe it would it would also create a little buzz, I would say, like in, in the New Japan bubble when uh, Anderson now wins the title and brings it back there. Um, yeah, I'm curious to see how this how this will turn out to be in the end.
0: I'm excited. And like I said, I, I do think just because of behind-the-scenes potential and the fact that it's not actually AEW's title. Because, um, I, yeah, I think, I think the Good Brothers might be going back to New Japan, or at least Kyle Anderson, but I assume both of them going back for time because um jr said during this broadcast that uh and i quote he said Carl anderson was iwgp bound which i think he means new japan pro wrestling bound not the fictional governing body that is iwgp (laughs) but um yeah he i think jr i assume meant he's new japan bound so i i think maybe the good brothers might be going over and spending some time over there and as i say this kind of for me and the potential that adds, if they are actually going and spending a month or a couple of months or whatever in Japan wrestling, this adds the potential to have multiple title defenses on New Japan television. So do you know where I'm getting at? It's like, I don't think yeah, it's yeah. as clear cut as a lot of people think it is. I think there's a, there's a, there's a decent chance, if not an overwhelming chance, but a decent chance that we could see Carl Anderson walking out of that as champion.
1: Yeah. And space. also what also makes sense in that whole thing is like New Japan doesn't need to, a- big story build up like, uh, like a typical American wrestling promotion. It can just be, yeah, you're next up in the match and then they're having a great match and then you're losing the title. And Moxley now has the title still, like, for how long, over a year now or even longer? Wasn't it over a year? Two years? One and a half years? He, did, <laughs> he, really he lost, lost it for
0: here. a while because he couldn't... De- he got stripped of it for a while because he couldn't defend it. I remember there was... I- Monxie's did had a he lot lose of... it
1: then because of this he
0: really? did get it taken off and for... yeah he got it taken off for a while but then he won it off Lance Archer before Archer came and he won yeah. it
1: from Lance Archer two years ago did no, they he, want to strip did, him did from have, the title no, no, he did, then he definitely... it, they didn't
0: do because of COVID no they definitely he did have it stripped for a while I'm, I'm almost positive of that hold on let me have a look or oh, you can have a look if you want
1: yeah I'm also having a look because I'm curious now how, how that how that turned out to be um, because I remember they wanted to but then they might haven't done it because of uh because of covid I almost
0: positive he did have it no I don't think it was of covid I think it was there was like a there was like a tornado there or something and he couldn't ah, there was right. Weather conditions or I something I see it also now two oh. times
1: yeah i think yeah. was it because of the tornado or because of his uh, arm injury he had where he needed the operation also
0: I don't know, I remember there being a match called off because of the weather and I remember him he had a he was in Japan, I think, and he was pointing yeah. the, the I, camera out the window at the weather.
1: Typhoon, oh.
0: <laughs> typhoon yeah. yeah. Might have to cut that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so funny, okay, then you cut that out. We've been to the to the uh, Asian supermarket today and the first thing I did when I entered and saw some nice progress like oh and my girlfriend was like, You cannot do that lot I'm like, Yeah, sure.
0: <laughs> we we'll just put we'll just put bleeps over <laughs> your Yeah, um yeah. Yeah, like you said it says it says two times current i i i do think he it was uh, stripped of him, but obviously we're a little cloudy on the details but i was i was pretty sure of that um yeah, but next up anyway, we had a the chris jericho and m g f it was called the standoff, but they were sat down, so really it was the chris jericho and m g f sit off i'd just like to point out <laughs> um it was uh well first off, do you see a fan try to get in the ring?
1: Yep, I, I didn't see the footage of it yet, but I read about that it was a guy, like he, he posted it on Twitter, he did that for Jim Cornette, and he's one of Jim Cornette's, uh, yeah, strange followers or so, or podcast Oof. listeners. He just he said, I did surprised. it for you and everything. And then Jim Cornette comes out, yeah, that's just stupid at all. I'm like, yeah, but, you are on a thin line jim Cornette. between you th- you're, you're making it sound like you're a character but also real and there are a lot of stupid people outside who just cannot differentiate between reality and fiction and where the yes. line blurs with them a lot and this is like yeah this is on you jim Cornette, really because he also sort over- of encouraged people also to be at uh, aw shows and holding up signs and everything and there just has to be one complete like this and just run in and yeah almost get punched by chris jericho in the face
0: (laughs) it's ironic that um okay so for one thing it's ironic that uh jim Cornette he's he's uh he's very big on politics he's a big democrat and he is the donald trump of wrestling because he will give these dog whistles to his crazy fans and um and then they'll go do you know crazy shit um, and then he'll say, oh, I never did anything. You know, I, this is, I never told you to do this. And that's um, that's a very Trump-esque thing to do, To you know, to, to stir the pot and tell people to go buy tickets and to cause a problem and then just be like... And then when someone gets shot or something in real life, uh, you know, in the Trump situation or when someone gets a fan tries to attack wrestlers in wrestling, uh they're like, "Oh, I didn't tell him to do that." "Oh, you know, that's uh don't put this on me, you know, you're just persecuting me again." Um so he the, that's the first kind of bit of irony. The second bit of irony was that this apparently Jim Cornette fan of all the um uh, of all the people he could have interrupted, he interrupted um Chris Jericho and MGF, which I think are both guys that um I would I would suspect uh, Jim Cornette to be a fan of because I mean I think he thinks Chris Jericho sold out you know um, but I think he's I think he's a fan of Chris Jericho's body of work before AEW and I think MJF is also. MGF's a throwback Do you know what I mean He doesn't He isn't MGF you, One thing you can never call MGF Is a flippy shit wrestler Do you know what I mean He's not You know You can never call him a spot monkey um, And he's You know He's absolutely scathing on promos Which is You know He's He's old school um, So I would have thought That this would be This was a weird a weird choice of segment to interrupt if you were doing it for Jim Cornette. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, that's a very is... good
1: point. Like you said, like yeah. MJF is the classic heel wrestler who is just doing as much as he needs to do to win, um, mostly she- cheating. And uh, yeah, I would have also expected more like a Young Bucks match or
0: anything. Young Bucks or Orange Cassidy or yeah, you know, yeah,
1: definitely some something like this, but not yeah. But in the end, like what what I read also online this like what this guy wrote on Twitter, and he's just bananas. But Kenny Omega posted a very good good tweet also like yesterday also where he also said that it's just like uh, very irresponsible from. Um from Jim Cornette, so he didn't say yep. that directly, but it was very ir- irresponsible, and this is what happens. and We need to stop that because this won't That's be the I mean, last it's just, time. Then
0: it's, it's dog whistling. That's what yeah. he does. Do you know what I mean? And he's a good a comparison to Trump also, because yeah. this is
1: like com- like in in just in the base of America or in, in the bubble of America, this is definitely Trumpism at its finest. And uh, like I said, it's ironic that he's by, such yeah.
0: he, he hates Trump, so he would hate that comparison because he's yeah, a big definitely. Democrat. But like it just shows no matter what you're. Uh, kind of political affiliation is you can still be a extremist dickhead and the fact and it's just Jim Cornette has channeled that into his wrestling you know into wrestling he's kind of brought that to wrestling rather than actually you know it being a political thing I mean that's wrestling is politics for him do you know what I mean so yeah and, and, and we just and we just, we don't want the kind of partisan dirtiness that's in American politics to be in wrestling. Yeah, exactly. Um, which we which just he's want to, have like to this, you know. This
1: this thing we can watch, which we can enjoy and can can take us away for ninety minutes from uh, from the real life struggles and all the shenanigans yeah. going on there. But just on on the other note, this this is also a point now where I'm like, it's so sad because Jim Cornette actually is a very good wrestling guy he knows the business oh, gotcha. a lot he he did what so a, many great things right. manager booker announcer everything just so great he's he's um, responsible
0: for that new jack promo that you know resurfaced recently with the uh shout out to my boy oj or whatever that was Jim Cornette that was behind that yeah, I believe yeah he's he apparently Jim Cornette I think it was Jim Cornette stopped him before and went listen say something about oj <laughs> so it's like and that's just yeah, right. genius it was nuclear heat yeah. like and also him being that's also, two less white people we gotta worry about. <laughs>
1: Um, also on Dark Side of the Ring what he what he uh, tells there for stories like he's legitimate really good storyteller and he tells that with just a legit uh, whatever I cannot pronounce that word another word I cannot pronounce in English but he is just so uh, uh, legitimate when he when he talks there and and, and is, is a good like is a good uh, witness from that time and then on the other hand you listen to that podcast or what he posts on and you're like what what is where did you take the wrong turn man like I also that's also a funny thing I, I, I met him at an MLW show uh, but I was standing in line for, for for a meet and greet and then before I could just meet him there someone was there holding me like a, 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 char- a charter like a credit card so I was like here yeah, 30 bucks a if you want to meet him like no <laughs> but i was just standing there i was just like oh we can meet him and then he was talking to everyone he was super nice he was taking photos this super chill guy and then
0: i've heard i've heard it's yeah. a bit of a work to be honest with you yeah of I course
1: bet. it's a, it's a, everyone yeah. is a work then there like when when they are when they are standing there but on the other hand you have this guy he's just making causing this controversy just to sell you know mm.
0: that people are here's the thing if he if he wasn't just podcasts it's it's because it, yeah. It's because it makes him money. I think. I think if it wasn't making him money, we we would possibly even be seeing Jim Cornette as FTR's manager. And uh, how cool would that be in AEW? But yeah, you know, yeah. If it wasn't, if if being a if being an asshole wasn't making him money, he'd probably kind of swallow any pride he has if any of it's actually real. And. Um, and, and just fucking be involved in the wrestling business, like I just I don't understand how you can be in ring of honor, how you can be in impact, how you can be in um, MLW, MLW. Yeah. and and say you're against this style of wrestling and be so involved in these places over the years, and it's like dude this was he he was in impact. Uh, uh, during Ultimate X like he was the booker at Impact when they had Ultimate X matches it's like what what? like he'd have fucking loved to have a Young Bucks back then it's like oh it's it's, yeah uh, right it's it's bullshit bullshit. yeah and he was there in in
1: uh OVW when CM Punk was big and everything. He was the bigger that Batista and and uh, and Brock Lesnar feud and everything. He was there. He was responsible also yeah. at that point. And nearly like what what happened? Like if he wouldn't like have said, that controversy can't... around him, then we would definitely see him AEW or Impact still. And this like, would be great.
0: Yeah, to he, be honest. He, like I said? You can't you can't. I mean, you can't have been the book of TNA back then with those kind of matches they were having in like two thousand and five, and um and not not be into flippy shit do you know what I mean and, yeah, and, definitely and...
1: definitely. also the last years like the flippy shit is there since the mid 90s to be honest like since WCW yeah. and also uh, Shawn Michaels mission, yeah. yeah and also Shawn Michaels in the 90s he, he was also doing uh, backflips and, and stuff like a little bit then there already and also Edge and Christian and, and the Hardys and everyone and Lita even did a backflip back then so uh, or uh, Munzhold and everything so yeah
0: Oh, anyway, I was about to say next up, but we actually haven't talked about the segment yet. We're talking about the fan. Um, after the fan tried to get in the ring and uh, Jericho tried to clock him on, um, he, I, I love that he almost elbowed him. It was like he almost hit the Judas effect for real. Was, yeah, he didn't right. do the spin on it. Yeah, that's There's the like... first time
1: where I would legitimately would say, okay, that's that's a decent move. Yeah, I, yeah. Can, I buy it.
0: MJF um, says that, uh, well, first off, he uh, he MJF being the awesome heel that he is, um, manages to play off the, the guy trying to get in the ring and kind of dares more people to get you know makes out like it it was a, a, a fan like he had nuclear heat again the fan was trying to get at him um, and like dared more people to come at him in the ring which is just perfect like the dude's so good um, such a good heel. Um uh, well, the MGF then says that Chris is groveling for another match and it's sad that he's, uh, he's groveling for a match when he's already beaten him twice, although once was uh, with his team. Jericho stops a Y2J chant because the crowd starts chanting on Y2J. He says, uh, he says Y2J died a long time ago. Um, and then, uh, tells MGF that he should have let that. And I quote that fat bastard <laughs> beat, beat your ass, which gets, uh, which is referring to the, fan, uh, the fan that it tried to interrupt and a big cra- a big cheer goes up in the crowd. Um, so, like, expert work from those two because I don't know whether the guy was actually coming from MGF or whether he was coming from Jericho or whether he's just going to run in the ring and just be an idiot. Um, but they kind of, on a dime, just played it like this was an incensed fan coming from MGF, which is what you want. MGFs had water thrown over him. He said, "You know, this is that's that's it was just good stuff." Um, but you know, they didn't even need to say anything to each other, and that's how they played it. Um, uh, anyway, Jericho says that another match with uh, for another match with MGF, he'd stand in front of a Mack truck, he'd swim with piranhas, or even uh, God forbid, have sex with MGF's mum, and um <laughs> And the crowd start chanting. So the crowd start chanting. And I, I love that they chanted this because I know Tony Khan has been known to come out and tell them yeah. not to say F-bombs. Only shit. But uh, they could not resist. And there was a fuck his mum chant from the yes, crowd. Yes. <laughs> and, and then... White um, y- and oh, I almost said YTJ then. And then Chris Jericho uh, followed up with, again, like he's, like he's done it before. Um, MJF says that he used to look up to Jericho... Uh, but the crowd aren't letting this go and start a he's your daddy Shan (laughs) about Jericho being MGF's dad um MJF says Jericho made Moxley wrestle every member of the Inner Circle um, before he got to him, and that he's going to follow his example as a dose of karma for Chris Jericho, and that Chris Jericho has to beat four people of MJF's choosing. Notice that he didn't say the four members of the pinnacle, he just said, he said, I'm going to tweak it a little, and you have to beat four people of my choosing, did not necessarily say the pinnacle so we might have a surprise in there um four people of my choosing and the stipulations i believe he said he gets to choose the stipulations um and jericho says he's gonna uh accept the the challenge because he's the god of god of battle he's the god of war he's the god of you know thunder um he's the god of all this stuff um that he's going to ruin there was a lot of talk about mythology um they almost got a little bit off track with that but it it came around in the end um and uh jericho said he's going to uh he's going to ruin mgf's life get and uh mgf gets some cheap heat by insulting the town insulting miami um and says the deal's not done until they shake hands and you think he's gonna pull some fucky shit but uh it's jericho that holds onto his hand while uh while they are uh, shaking and hits him with the Judas effect, what were your thoughts on this segment? And how surprised were you that no one went through the table at a contract signing?
1: Yeah, that's that's really good. Yeah, it's, but it's not WWE in the ruthless aggression era. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I liked that uh, a lot because for me it was. Uh... It was like, again, another phase-off and contract signing, blah, blah, blah. but in the end, the back and forth between them, like I could have expected it, to be honest, that it was really good. Uh, not only that the, they also talked about the the fan that was about to enter the ring or just disrupt them, but also that he said, like, I would even sleep with your mother. And then, yeah, that was just just great. Um, yeah, I can just wait for the match because they know how to build, build it properly, build the heat for it, build... Uh, the um, how would you say like the the anger the the, the momentum yeah momentum and also disliking each other so much it's legitimate you feel it i said that works too much today by the way you can put a legitimate counter in if you want to and drink always so at the end of the episode yeah yeah that's another challenge if you drink every time i said legitimate you can rewind and then do a breathalyzer test and if it hits over 2.0 you get one thousand dollars from me
0: <laughs> there, okay, uh, that's binding i should have said legally no, I binding said, <laughs>
1: Just just take a liquor with up to sixty percent and don't get like one hundred percent alcohol, so you're passing out directly and just <laughs> getting I, uh, a picture from the uh, emergency room or so. Now just going back to it, uh, yeah, I just feel it that they're hating each other and they built that up over the last year so much and so good for me. Um, and the yeah, pro bowls were good. Start. No, it doesn't feel. It doesn't feel. Also, it just still feels fresh. So well, I'm really looking best, forward to uh, it
0: on the mic. So.
1: Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And that's what you get then in the end. And still, it it was great, yeah. <laughs> like I said, it... even sleep with your mother, that I just lost it then, really.
0: It wasn't the funniest uh, bit of the night for me. There was something coming up soon, coming up in the next segment, that Dr. Britt Baker DMD said. But uh, yeah, no, um, yeah. I, I mean, you think back at the moments from this feud slash, you know, before it was a feud, they obviously had the dinner debonair. Dinner debonair and um all that stuff and uh, yeah it's just and um, the thank you from being pushed from the cage it's memorable moments and that's what you want from a feud and like i don't know this has been um this has been probably the AEW's kind of defining long slow burn because we talk about like rivalries like great rivalries that aw have done i think i probably said on this podcast a while ago that aw really only had one great rivalry and that was um kenny omega versus Versus John Moxley, um, that was kind of their defining rivalry. Um, but I think you could probably add MGF t- and Chris Jericho to this list now as well. Um, I think those two are the kind of the defining, the defining rivalries of AEW. So you know, like the uh, kind of the Stone Cold and Rock, and the, do you know what I mean? Um, I think, and the kind of Edge and Cena. I think, I think so far in AEW, yeah. you've had, you've had the Kenny and Mox, and you've had. the... Uh, you've had the um m g f and jericho and it's fun it's fun to be to be kind of appreciating it while it's still going on you know
1: yeah definitely definitely and being being alive
0: (laughs) being like that's a low bar (laughs) patrick that's a low bar being alive oh yeah
1: (laughs) i achieved something in my life know that that that, that we are with that we are witnessing it live and not like in rewinds and and look back all the time no we're just in it like in a real i mean because sometimes you
0: don't appreciate these things till afterwards but like this you can say ah this is good i mean you know and
1: there's um, still some room for more if even if the feud is over in, in a year or two when they're meeting up at some point when i don't know mjf wants to win the world title from chris jericho then again for some reason or he wants to win it from who has it then and then chris jericho interrupts and there's such so, so much in it which which can still happen so it's a bright future ahead of us still
0: next up i alluded to it a minute ago we had the uh a little a little powwow Tony Schiavone, I think it was, um, had a little interview with Dr. Britt Baker, DMD. Um, Britt says she was forced, forced to take part in a match that nobody wanted to see. That was her and uh, Rebel versus the Vicious Vixens, um, Nyla Rose and Vicky Guerrero the other week, where she went through a table. She says, uh, Paul Rebel was forced to enter the ring in unsafe working conditions. And this was kind of a segue into shooting on not, 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 not Nyla Rose and Vicky Guerrero, but Tony Khan. She so said Tony Khan put uh, put Rebel in unsafe working conditions because um, you know he made that deal with Vicky Guerrero uh, because Vicky brought in Andrade, um, so Vicky got the match, this tag match that she wanted with uh, Britt Baker and Rebel. Um, Doctor Britt says that Tony Khan should feel terrible. Um and that she makes him millions um and says, Oh, that she almost died in this match when she went through the table, and then said probably the burn of the company's history, um, and said enjoy your blood money, and then suggests maybe AEW should run a show in Saudi Arabia.
1: It <laughs> really came out of nowhere, right? <laughs> uh, I was I was just like I was I, was, uh, I went holy
0: shit. <laughs> like, I couldn't fucking believe it. I was like that was just so unnecessarily brutal. I loved it. Um and uh she'll Dallas is apparently called the big D. Um first I I heard about it and it yeah, says they'll cool. change they'll change the nickname of Dallas after she's been to the big DND. and D. Crowded along with her. She's so over. She's uh she's she's the anti-face, isn't she? This, you know, it's the heel and they're still a heel, but everyone loves them. Everyone's cheering them and they're incredibly over. And like, you get, you get heels that they're going to get booed, you know, they're like MGF. Um, and WWE. Yeah. Kenny. Um, uh, but, WWE specifically went through a period where all their heels that were kind of good wrestlers got cheered, like Kevin Owens and and stuff like that. And I think it was kind of during the Super Cena era where like they weren't they weren't making any kind of decent faces really. Um, and and I think a lot of the wrestlers didn't really like the fact they weren't getting booed because it felt like they weren't doing their job right. But I think because there's so much kind of good faith in aew and aew fans are so into kind of cheering cheering and booing who they're supposed to cheer and boo um and they recognize that that um that the fact that they've just they can't help themselves and have to cheer Britt baker it's you know it's not it's not a failure on her part i don't think i think it's just kind of like you know this exception um that yeah we're going to cheer Britt because you know she's she's great she's fantastic she's funny you know so um yeah, I know. What anyway? I've I've digressed a bit. What was your thoughts? What were your thoughts on this, on this little interview?
1: Yeah. Also, it was fantastic for me. Uh, I already loved it between when you mentioned that blood money. Um, yeah, it was just great.
0: Didn't um, um. Sorry to cut you off. Didn't. Yeah. CM Punk tell the Miz to suck a blood money covered dick on Twitter, and then he was yes. forced to delete it or something yes.
1: like that. Yes, 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 yes. I heard also and weren't there sh- the the, the uh, sharing that still on on the sweat circle? Also, I think there's somebody uh, had that still like recorded. Or so I mean, internet nerds are always <laughs> always quick and record that just to make sure when it's when it's. Out oh yeah, Every, it. but, everything
0: yeah. you put on the internet is there forever.
1: Yeah, forever. So yeah, just just great.
0: Ask ask uh, Lars. That Love was that his name, yeah, yeah, Su- right. Sullivan. Yeah, the, yeah, um, yeah. he, he, he. I, I'm not talking about the videos, by the way. I don't like that. <laughs> <No. laughs> he had some, <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, he, he had some views that he had online, didn't he? Um, that uh, did not go down well, and uh, yeah, or, or anyone, in fact, that had been caught up in the uh, speaking out movement. You put something on, put something out on uh, on the internet. It's it's gonna stay there forever. So life lessons.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah also thinking about our podcast here right now what i'm saying now so <laughs>
0: yes with your japanese impression yes <laughs> it was a, you'll be a job and you'll way. be a job interview in like uh, in uh, <laughs> in two years time and they'll be like explain this and then they'll hit a button and uh, <laughs> this podcast will come on
1: uh yeah coming back to the segment really quick just great looking forward to it in uh in the next weeks, in, in the next match, uh, in two weeks, she will have, uh, yeah, another match against Nyla Rose. Um, was it in three? No, in two weeks. And, um, yeah, just how over she was with the crowd, what you say? It was just just great. And that's what I'm more looking forward to because the interaction with the crowd is the most important thing happening right now after this long period of no crowd.
0: But, yeah, she is uh, one of one of AEW's big stars, I think, now. Yeah. Um... I just yeah I I I think uh I think the titles are all pretty much on the right people at the moment it's uh it's great to see and it's just a lot of you know who your champion is and how charismatic they are it really matters and uh you know what they've got going at the moment I mean it's all heel champions isn't it um but uh you know they're, so, they're all so charismatic that it's so, it's so much fun like obviously Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks and True I Miro's, just had to think Mi-
1: about it sorry <laughs> they're all heels, Miro's, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Miro's promos are hilarious and um, obviously you could say that Brian Cage is kind of turning face now but I've never considered the FTW title a proper title so it's funny that it will be being defended though um, and we'll talk about that in, in a little while Next up, we had Matt Seidel versus Andrade El Ilo. Andrade comes out in a mask, and I'm trying to think back if this is a La Sombra thing, or um, I, I, I'm unsure. But anyway, he starts, he takes the mask off. It's like a black kind of gimp mask. Um, and he starts out with some chain wrestling with Seidel. Um, Seidel seems to be getting the better of him before uh, Andrade hits a twisting brainbuster Andrade goes up to the top rope but Seidel catches up with him and they're both on the top rope Andrade knocks him off the ropes and hits uh, what would you say a coat Rabushi moon where he uh, where he did a uh, backflip and uh, Seidel rolled away it's it's it's, it's, it's a you know it's a typical move of Kotribushi's arsenal yeah That's right that I noticed, I was,
1: but... that was what, I, what I was thinking like somewhere I know it from but I didn't yeah.
0: know Seidel I rolled know. away and uh, Andrade landed on his feet and then hit a standing moonsault and it's something Kurt Ibushi kind of does a lot um, Andrade uh, yeah yep. Yeah, uh, then hit the sorry fuck I was reading the same bit again cut this little bit out James then we get a standing corkscrew from SideL. SideL hits a big kick after some back and forth and goes up to the top rope this time it's Andrade who knocks him down and he tumbles to the outside um, at this point Excalibur calls Andrade a free agent calls him the hottest free agent it's like why are you call him a free agent because he's he signed now I for AEW there's a big thing about that, that. Really. that's so weird um, we get an Olay chant from the crowd Ole, 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 Ole so apparently that's an Andrade thing as well not just a uh, an El Generico thing a Sami Zane thing um, apparently they're the same person but uh, I've yet to see proof <laughs> uh, then we get an outside in drop kick I think you'd call it from um, from Andrade he kind of whips himself uh, over the right springboards himself sort of from the outside of the ring uh, to a drop kick on the inside of the ring um, then he hits the three amigos and an Eddie chant goes up um, he hangs Seidel on the tree of woe and goes for a double foot stump off the top rope but Out avoids it and hits a meteora um, Andrade dodges an attack from Seidel And drives him headfirst Into the, the bottom turnbuckle Into the corner And follows up with his finisher Which is apparently called El Idolo Which is very confusing Because that is also his name It's like if Cody Rhodes had a finisher I mean he does have crossroads But it's like if his finisher was called Cody Rhodes <laughs> But anyway no, 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 just Rhodes Yeah, <laughs> Rhodes he hits, uh, he hits El Idolo for the three count Um then after the match andrade puts a submission on side with his belt which i found a little bit weird um but yeah as for the match itself what did you what did you think of this patrick so
1: in general i think it was a nice uh, first match for like such a big talent coming into aw not, not talent he's just like he's he's already already a made guy and uh yeah it's it was a good match, and what I found also interesting, like you said before, the Ole Ole chance and um, how over he was with the crowd as a as a crystal clear heel, like everything. But it didn't matter what 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 he what he can what he does in the ring. Like they were completely up for him. No one cared about Matt Sidel. In the end, it was it was a real squash match because you have to see it like this. Because yeah. It was clear that he wins, he would never come in and just lose the first match. And like I said, the crowd was was completely on his side, he could have I don't know, chopped his head off or so. People were still chatting, hey, because it's Andrade. So <laughs> it's, a, it's a big, uh, it's one of the big game changers of the night, I think, to have such a big talent that hasn't been used properly by uh, WWE, but is um, within the wrestling world. Such a big name, uh, very recognized. Um, yeah, it's so over now. He was not, he was underutilized in WWE. Comes out there, first match, and the crowd goes just wild for him. That's just, just one point of this night where you're like... You did a big mistake, WWE, and you might pay for it one day, which I hope.
0: <laughs> for sure. Um, just you saying that, like you saying, it's his first match, obviously he's going to win. This is something I've noticed is different between um, Japan and America. Now, obviously, obviously, it's different when it's Andrade because he's a big wrestler from another company. But you look at someone like Jade Cargill in, um, in AEW or... Anyone, anyone that comes in and they really want to push in WWE as well, even if it's a complete unknown, right? And they always have them go on. Like Baron Corbin, I remember from way back when in NXT. They have not go on these uh, you know, insane win streaks. And it's, it's the exact opposite in Japan. Um, like from watching Stardom and TJPW specifically, so specifically Joshi, when someone new comes up, they'll, they'll just lose and lose and lose and lose and lose, and lose um, until they finally win. And that's that's how they build them. Do you know what I mean? So um, it's kind of like earning your stripes kind of thing. And I prefer it to be honest because it 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 takes off this kind of burden of of like you know trying to book them and trying to fit fit in someone who's you know it's it's easier to it's easier to book someone. Losing, Do you know what I mean? There's always losing than someone that's always winning because, you know, you can put them against whoever. And I just, I don't know. I've noticed that's a distinction. Obviously, as I say, they, that wouldn't be something to do with Andrade anyway because he was yeah. obviously be- so big from side of... Yeah, NBA. right. But...
1: That, that's the thing also what I think because Andrade is such a big thing. He doesn't need to earn his, his rank anymore because everyone knows he is on top, but he hasn't been used for that. I couldn't show it anymore. So... Yeah,
0: but so, but someone like Jake Argill, for instance, that uh, you wouldn't really see that happening in. Um,
1: no, not really. That's
0: true. Japan. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, next. Uh, I see. I, I'm. I'm terrible. Aren't I Even when she's not on the show, I'll find a way to shit on Jake Cargill. So I really am probably coming across. But a what did you make out of responses. the match? You didn't say if you like it or not. <laughs> what did I make out of the match? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I. Uh, I thought. I thought it did what it needed to do. I think if if these two had been given twenty minutes, they'd have put on an absolute firework show. Um, but. It didn't, you know, they they were right not to give it that much time because we all knew what the result was going to be. And um, So why waste time and kind of, you know, suck the energy out of the crowd with, with a prolonged match where you know the result when we've got, you know, more stuff to get to. So I, th- I think it was the right thing. Um, the match was fine. The um, the bit where Andrade hung him up in the tree of woe and went for the double foot stomp, it was, Seidel didn't do enough to make it obvious that he dodged it. And so for a second, you couldn't tell whether he dodged it or whether Andrade just missed it because he didn't really move his head much at all. Um, in the end, it was a dodge, I believe, because then he he went to follow it up with a meteora. But um, that's my only criticism of the match itself. Uh, though after the match, I found the thing he did where he briefly put him in a submission hold with his belt. I found that a little bit confusing. But um, hey, you know, he's, he's it was just a heel him. move a to heel. to really showcase.
1: Yeah. Okay, I'm definitely heel because from the crowd reaction, you couldn't uh, figure out if you've never seen him or so.
0: Yeah, but um, I don't know. Yeah, it could have been. It, you know, it could have been spontaneous. Do you know what I mean? Because he he realized he was getting cheered by the crowd and like it just it, it it felt spontaneous. you know what I mean? That he just takes his belt off and you know chokes him a, a little bit or whatever. But no, it was it was it was decent. It was fine. It did exactly what it needed to. Next up, we had a promo for Matt Hardy versus Christian Cage. Um, Looks like they're finally pulling the trigger on this match. So Christian Cage says he was always on the side that won and Hardy can't handle it. You know, Edge and Christian are always winning. Um, Matt says that christian come copies him and that uh christian so so he says you know if i i go to this place you follow me i go to this place you follow i do i do this you do this um and that christian broke a handshake agreement i don't know what that was for to not attack him during during a third during the 21 man uh battle royale but anyway Christian says um, he's uh, learnt a valuable lesson uh, that he should never have ignored, which is to never trust a rich man with an ill-fitting suit and a bad haircut. <laughs> Matt says that he'll run Christian out of AEW, and Christian tells him to get on his level or get out of his way. Has this increased your excitement for a Christian Matt Hardy face-off? Patrick?
1: Yeah definitely i mean there was some excitement before just thinking about the history they both had in wwe like starting from the 90s and uh, also i don't know if it was you you saying it or hugh saying it or both of you <laughs> um both of you? Both, of both of you um that they were never the number one guys in their respective team back then uh, their partners were always like after after the team phase they were like the a higher singles wrestler always, like with a with the more decorated singles wrestlers, but still um... true.
0: But but I do feel like they played opposite roles in their in their um in their team because obviously it was it was Matt and Jeff Edge and Christian um, Matt. So Matt and Edge were both they didn't fly as much as their partners, and what, Christian was never a, he was never a flippy shit guy, but he went up and did things like he, you know, diving cross bodies. And obviously he had the frog splash later on. He flew more than edge did. Uh, um, you know, he, he, he went for high fly moves more than edge did. Um, so it is funny. Cause I do think that, um, Christian and, uh, Jericho, sorry, Chris, Jericho, Christian and Jeff, they were both the kind of, um, light heavyweight kind of impact guys of their, uh, of their tag teams, and yet it's the opposite ones that succeeded. It was um, it was Jeff that that got ahead and an edge. But saying that um, during the height of the Broken Matt Hardy stuff, it was the first time that Matt Hardy ever got more searches on Google than Jeff Hardy in their entire careers. So at one point, statistically proven, Matt Hardy was more over than Jeff Hardy, but it didn't come until the invention of Broken Matt Hardy, which is fair enough because and that's the thing christian christians never been more popular than edge um whereas matt has kind of the i don't know a better words the edge you know in uh in terms of um in terms of that like matt has been more popular than jeff um at one point in his career whereas i don't think christian's ever been more popular than um ever more sorry matt was more popular than jeff i don't think christian's ever been more popular than edge but uh yeah I don't know. I don't, I don't know where I was going with that. I just thought that was an interesting fact that uh, yeah, well, Matt, that's, Matt that's did true. get more over at one point.
1: Yeah, yeah. That, that's true. That's a real, uh, real true fact also. like in, He also got over at this point more with the broken thing, and then he also dragged Jeff with him to get also more over then. He was yeah. the first time that he was the accelerator but for it, really.
0: Exactly. When those two were together, when it was broken Matt and brother Nero, that was the first time, that, uh, and that kind of proved to everybody that, okay, right now, for the first time, Matt is more over than Jeff because he was the main event. Like back in the day with the Hardy Boys, Jeff was the main event and Matt was the kind of the guy that started the matches and then got the hot tag to Jeff. But with the broken universe... Brother Nero was a side character. Do you know what I mean? And Broken Matt was the main event of that tag team. He was, you know, he was the guy. So, um, and you know, it really, it you know, there would probably be some worry that he'd bring in Jeff Hardy, and Jeff Hardy would steal the show. Now it was, it was all, it was all about uh, Broken Matt, which makes it more baffling to me that he would kind of discard that for big money Matt just for the sake of reinventing himself it's like no just retire on this man it's fucking awesome I miss Broken Matt I'm gonna say it but you know is what it is
1: yeah right maybe he brings Broken Matt back when uh yeah now when the crowd is there I don't know it makes yeah, more yeah, sense for the crowd. That's
0: a good point. He never did so, broken mat in AEW in front of a crowd. No,
1: that's that's the thing. Like with with a crowd, it would have worked way better. Um, yeah. And also his his appearance when he came came there. Like it, it was it was. That's that's just also for me. Like the COVID era, just him standing there in the empty stands of the um, Daly's place he didn't with a drone. Stand.
0: Just he teleported.
1: Or oh, teleported. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: but that's Tony, just like, Tony Khan didn't so, like that. You
1: know, yeah, but it, like, think, yeah, maybe they can bring that back on a level where he interacts with the crowd a little more at some point. I think he can just keep on with this uh, 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 hardy office, family, family office thing a little more on, but maybe at one point where he loses his shit again, he turns to broken mat or I just so. wanted to
0: get getting hit in the head really hard and then it, no, not legitimately again. Never want, never want to, <laughs> <laughs> He could have... Uh, that's what snapped him out of Broken Matt when he fell off the thing in the Sammy Khabarra match. Yeah. No, um, if, he, uh, if he... If he kayfabe and gets hit in the head really hard, he could, uh, you know, snap again and become Broken mat, maybe. But hey, nice. So next up, we had oh we are tony Shirani interviewing arn anderson why am i so excited by tony Shirani interviewing arn anderson well we'll see because it's
1: not sting or Darby allen <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: yeah imagine if imagine if i was already excited before i knew that he, just because it wasn't tony shivani in ring interviewing oh god please not sting or Darby allen arn anderson way <laughs> like, anyway um anderson says i mean it's it's I I thought I thought it's weird that he's done a cheap pop here because he said uh, it's great to be in Miami um, and I was like that's a bit of a weird cheap pop yeah, right now and it turned out it was because that was all you know that was all he was out to do to to say that was all he was gonna say because um, he says let's get right down to it and that's when the lights cut um, and well they don't seem to be um, clear on what his name is but initially. They say Tommy End is in the ring, and uh, that is Alistair Black uh, from previous of previous WWE employment, NXT, and then uh, main roster. Um, and Tommy End, as they're still calling him at this point, kicks his head off, and then they shift to calling him Malachi Black. Um, and Malachi Black is standing in the ring over Arn Anderson, Um, after hitting this massive spin kick on him, Cody comes down like, what the hell are you doing? What the hell are you doing? And he goes like, he's going to shake Cody's hand or something, which would be a weird thing for Cody to do, seeing as he just kicked down Anderson's head off. Um, And then he gives Cody one of those kicks as well. And I popped because fuck Cody Rhodes. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And uh, yeah, uh, then then they get a Tommy chant from the crowd. Tommy, Tommy, because they're not privy to the name change, which, so I'm just going to launch straight into my opinion on this obviously nothing could ruin this it was fucking fantastic i love the makeup he's going for with the messed up eye and the stuff it just oh and i understand why they're calling him malachi black rather than going back to tommy m because i think there's i think there's something he wants to do gimmick wise with the the some sort of with the surname with the surname black um that he wanted to do in wwe but they were kind of stifling him creatively so fair enough do it here so that makes sense because um, obviously the normal thing would go back to calling him Tommy End, which is what the crowd thought, which is why they were chanting it. The the thing that kind of broke my immersion for a bit and made this took a slight bit of shine off this and made it almost perfect rather than completely perfect was the fact that Excalibur says that's that's Tommy End. I wrestled him uh, loads of times in Europe. That's Tommy End. And then he and then but he said it's Tommy End. And then Excalibur then goes, wait a sec, no, that's that's not Tommy End, that's Malachi Black. <laughs> I was like, what? You you were the one that said if if like if Jim Ross or Tony Giovanni said, wait a second, that's Tommy End, and then Excalibur corrected them and said, No, I've been told his name's Malachi Black, that'd be fine. But Excalibur was the one that called him Tommy End, and then halfway through corrected himself and said it's it's actually Malachi Black. So I have a few questions. One, like when did he <laughs> Did someone pass like in kayfabe, what are we supposed to think that someone passed him a note in the middle of uh, in the middle of it, or that he just came up with the name halfway through, or that or that he suddenly remembered? And and if he suddenly remembered, when did he find out this name was changing? But he didn't know Tommy and sorry Malachi Black. See, I'm getting confused now. He didn't know Malachi Black was in the building. He didn't know he was gonna ha- kick Arn Anderson's head off. And yet somehow he knows that his name has changed from Tommy Hand. Like, that made no sense to me. I made mean, absolutely zero yep. sense. And it was like, this This is just, what? Um, a very, very rare bad call from Excalibur. Um, this is the only time I can remember making a bad call. So that was just bizarre. Um, in terms of his choice of target, yeah, I mean, look, if, if, if you're gonna push him as a heel, um and you want to give him you want to give him a face to attack that will make him that will keep him as a heel but make him give him a very big pop on his debut make it cody Rhodes. You know? um i mean they couldn't they couldn't even get him to boo him by kicking on anderson this is the thing like it's it's you know it, it's tommy fucking end it's malachi black he's 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 uh he's in aew like you're not gonna you're not going to get him to boo him, but um, yeah, Excalibur kind of took the shine off this a bit for me because he was like, "Wait, it's not Tommy Black, Tommy End. It's like, well, yeah, it is Tommy End." <laughs> so yeah, um, I don't know what your thoughts on that were. Yeah, I was uh, very, very surprised. Um, and well, his fact day, I didn't think his ninety day
1: was up. And that's the point. What I wanted to tell you, I just just read about Did, that. Like, I think today they to request. Yeah, they. Yeah, no, WWE for, just forgot to update his contract from... Because when you're on NXT, you have a 30-day non-compete course so and when you're in the main roster, so you have 90 days. That's And amazing. they just forgot it. And so, I mean, he was also like, okay, I just don't say anything. And they never said anything. And then, yeah, he's like, now he can compete. So I was like, cool.
0: That's hilarious. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that was great. So, yeah, I was just... we well, made it a
0: legit surprise as well. because Yeah, right. Because everyone was like, okay, he's going to come to AEW, but it's going to be within 90 days. Then he then he shows up and you're like is it time? like has has it been that long? no as like Chelsea Green can't wrestle anywhere else yet and um yeah right and you're thinking you're just fucking you are like ah fuck what
1: WWE says or so no it looks like yeah and yeah i was also uh, like first of all from the call from uh, excalibur i was uh, very 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 warm-hearted surprised when he said i met that guy last year's last time 15 years ago in düsseldorf germany <laughs> oh my I'm heart i'm i am from not from düsseldorf from the other side of the rhine but it's like uh, it's my hometown area and it was a wxw uh a match where they met up last time. So yeah, my my heart was beating. I was like, "Oh, thank you so much!" But then comes the point where I was also like, "Why does he know now that he's Malachi Black?" Yep. And How do
0: you know he's Malachi Black?
1: They could have just waited for he could have said, that, that's Tommy End. and then next week he said, "I'm not Tommy and I'm Malachi Black." They're I'm allowed Black. to say Tommy End, obviously,
0: so yeah. I, I suppose they also they want to get his um do it on Twitter. This is the thing they, yeah. they want to get his, they want to get his merch out obviously straight away. So. What they probably should have done, I think, is called him Tommy End. And then um and then have him go on Twitter straight away and say and put tweet some sort of dark thing like correct you know, Tommy End is dead, you know, correct Excalibur, like what you know, one thing you got wrong or something while retweeting the clip, like Tommy End is dead, I'm not Tommy or something, um Malachi Black. And then then you can release his merch that says Malachi Black on it, and then next week on Dynamite formally you know, tell people that your name is Malachi Black in like a, you know, a, a promo from a dark Cellar or something. I don't know what he's where he's going to go with this, but no. Um, just, it's just, it's just weird that um, that he corrected himself. Do you know what I mean? Like that he said Tommy End and then he corrected himself. Wait, wait, no, it's not Tommy End. It's Malachi Black. It's like, what? Like either he's, yeah, either you didn't like, are we supposed to just believe that, You've just been informed of his name change halfway through your sentence. You know, it's it's just um, that's it's just weird, right? Bizarre. Yeah, yeah. But like I said, it can't. It can only make it almost perfect. It can never completely take the shine off because it's uh, it's it's Tommy and it's Malachi Black, it's Alistair Black, whatever you want. His name is. He's in AEW, and gosh, is that sweet? Next up, we had Ricky Star. Well, it it wasn't part of the show. It was earlier in the night. So obviously there was a, I don't know it was a dark recording or whatever or just, uh, yeah, they had um, footage of Ricky Starks earlier in the night in the ring and he'd brought his own security um, to obviously to talk about an upcoming match, his upcoming match with Brian Cage for the FDW Championship. Uh, Taz... Uh, well, first off, um, Hook and Will Hobbs uh, are not in the ring with him. They're stood up at, at the top um, by the Tron, thinking, well, what do we do about this? Like, you know, um, Ricky Starks has gone off on one. Uh, Taz comes out and tries to reason with Ricky Starks, tells him that he doesn't need security. Um, why have you brought your insecurity? What are you doing, man? This is crazy. Uh, Ricky says he's going to whip Brian's ass, Brian Cage's ass, and party like the FTW champion should. Uh um, next week I think it is and then Brian comes out and predictably mops up all of Stark's security, but he doesn't get Starks. Very strange to me that um, that they're having Team Taz seemingly side with bright with the face Brian Cage against Ricky Starks rather than side with the heel Ricky Starks against the face Brian Cage because Brian Cage is the one that's not been wanting to engage in the heel tactics and and brian cage is the one that's been like when um it was like a double or nothing where ricky starts passing the title and then brian cage threw it out taz was like what are you doing what are you doing brian and brian seemed to be the black sheep of the group so it it seemed natural to me that team taz would side with ricky in this disagreement and i mean maybe they still will maybe there'll be a maybe they'll act like they're on on uh, Cage's side but they'll turn on him especially as I could see them putting the title the FTW title on Ricky Starks um, because it needs freshening up and having the FTW title change hands is a good way of having a title change hands without a title really changing hands if you know what I mean it has the excitement of a title change hands but it's not really a, it's not like having the the world title change hands or the or the um women's or whatever so you know, I could, I could definitely see them seeming like they're on Taz's side and then defecting to Ricky Stock Because you'd think whoever's got the FTW championship should be endorsed by Taz because it's his title. He brought it in, um, and he kind of gave it as, gave it to Brian Cage as like a prop. So you'd, you'd think that, you know, he could just take his ball and go home. He could take the title and go home if he wanted to. So you'd think the person that uh, has the FTW title. Should probably be endorsed by Taz, so maybe they will turn on him. But I just thought it was odd that they are, at least for now, siding with the face in 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 the rivalry. I don't know what your thoughts about that are, Patrick.
1: Um, yeah, the thing you're pointing out was was very very uh, very on point. That it looks weird now, but I think that uh, Taz is more like standing in the middle, like a child in a divorce. so he's like it's like. Ricky, what are you doing now? This is escalating. Like You don't need to do this. Why are you doing this yeah. now? This is w- what it seemed like to me, w- what he was doing there. But uh, yeah, still, I was also thinking more that uh, Taz is more like on the side of Ricky Starks, on the heel side, and that Brian Cage well, will turn or so, yeah.
0: But, I definitely think we could see the title change hands to Ricky. Yeah, and, uh,
1: also. I also yeah. see that, and then maybe uh, Brian Cage gets uh, really kicked out of the group or wants to leave himself. That's also a thing. I just got it in my mind. What if Brian Cage maybe even says like I don't want that title. He'll just have it, leave it. And imagine if at the beginning of the match it. he
0: just said said yeah I don't like yeah um, you know I don't think they'll do it. But imagine if he was like I don't you know I don't care about the title. You you know he he could he could do it where he he beats Ricky's ass right and wins and yeah, then exactly. just drapes yes. the title over him anyway and says, "says have it, I don't want it, or whatever. Yeah. And, Doesn't uh, mean anything and,
1: anyway, you idiots, yeah. I'm out.
0: <laughs> R- Ricky Starks loses, but wins the title because Brian Cage just kicks his ass and then just lays the title on him, like, yeah, right. you want it so bad, you have it, you know, I'm done.
1: Screw <laughs> you guys, I'm going home.
0: That would be a good this. way of booking it, to be honest. Yeah, really,
1: that would be a really great way, and would also... Uh, the, the, tit, uh, the title that's also what you said <laughs> really good that is like yeah there would be a title change without being a title change and then when he says like how s- you could say like yeah aren't you idiots like this is not an official title you can screw it up anyway you can just like yeah. because you say it's a title it's nothing so this would also be it, quite it gives funny us
0: it, you know it will have the same energy and the same kind of attraction as a title change but like they don't have to change the title at fighter fest they don't have to change another title at fighter fest if if the ftw title changes hands you know so it's, a, it's kind of a clever cop out in a way because you'd yeah. expect you'd expect the title to change but they don't have to change like the women's title because i mean they're not going to obviously but um yeah like like that i don't, I don't think there's a tag t- championship is there i think it's just the women's title and uh is there a tnt
1: is there a team uh, yeah and there? and the NJPW title is, is on oh, the the oh so. I think
0: that might change hands as well yeah so. that might change hands um, so. might might but uh, mm-hmm. yeah but then that but then again that makes it feel like a lot of big stuff's happening um, when it's really not I mean it is but it's not in terms of AEW it's one you know one title that's not an officially sanctioned title could change say yeah say Ricky Starks either beats Brian Cage or gets given the title by Brian Cage and um, and uh, and Carl Anderson wins probably with some heel shenanigans the uh, the title. Then what they've done is they've they've changed hands a, t- a title has changed hands that's not an officially sanctioned title and a title has changed hands that belongs to another company. So they're getting all the kind of buzz of title changes, but they didn't actually have to shake up the status quo at all, which is working quite well right now. We, you know the the Kenny Omega, Miro, Britt Baker, Young Bucks. So that's quite. You know that's that's quite clever, really. That they could they, they could definitely do that and capitalise on that. I think. Next up, we had the Blade and the Bunny versus Orange Cassidy and Chris Statlander. So, um, first off, and I know um, I know that our uh, our editor James will be quite pleased about this because um, when he sees uh, people checking the referee's checking people before the match, like the wrists and the, you know, patting them down. They never find it. So it's like, why is he doing this? And Aubrey fi- did a pat down and finally found something. She found a uh, she found a pair of brass knuckles on, uh, on the blade. Not a pair, you know what I mean. Um, some brass knuckles on the blade um, and confiscated them. So the match starts and um actually, no, before the match starts, Orange Cassidy is in the ring with the bunny and starts hitting his brutal kicks. How have they allowed him to devastate a woman in this way. <laughs> he hits his obviously his light Orange Cassidy kicks, and then the bunny just kind of sighs and walks off from him and tags in the blade. The blade rushes in and the bell rings. So officially, I believe, in um in intergender matches in AEW the men fight the men the women fight the women so if a man tags himself in then the uh, then the woman has to tag out and the other man comes in and vice versa so um, there was a finisher attempt straight away from Cassidy I think he went for the beach break Um, but uh, Blade reverses it and power slams him Um, but he does for his troubles eat a Stun Dog Millionaire um bunny and chris come in and bunny takes chris statlander down with the knee lift and uh but then gets put down by chris statlander uh, massive suplex from statlander she uh displayed her power in how long she could hold bunny aloft i think it was about 15 seconds or something well over 10 seconds at any rate um and then drops her down uh she goes for the senton but misses it um, and then uh, as she runs uh, against the ropes, the blade grabs Statlander's boot and uh, the cheap shot from Bunny follows. Um, during the break, we get some weird taunting from the Bunny where she hits like a low um, a low clothesline into the corner on Chris Statlander and then kind of like psychotically laughs into the camera or something. It was a bit odd. Um, Chris gets beat down throughout the break. Um, just want to point out at this point, someone... <laughs> Someone near the front row of the crowd held up a sign that said Persona five sucks. Yeah. <laughs> <yes>. <laughs> Just <laughs> complete random. <laughs> I, I love right. Okay, so I'm not saying I agree with them because I'm aware we'll probably lose loads of listeners if I say that because it was like game of the year and everyone loves it. But I've tried to get into Persona 5 and I can't, so I'm like, this guy, this guy right here, like, we'll be pariahs together. I'm not saying it sucks because I haven't played enough to say it sucks, but the visual novel aspect of it I find very hard to get past. Anyway, um, yeah. I just love that you brought that to it. I went and told a friend, like immediately, who doesn't watch wrestling but loves Persona Five. I was like, "Yeah, I found, I found someone who'll wind you up." Um, but yeah, um, Persona Five sucks. There you go. Someone feels about it strongly enough to to interrupt a wrestling show for uh, to get that point across. Anyway, Statlander goes up top. Is distracted by the blade, taking out OC, um, and then Bunny hits a German suplex off the ropes. Blade comes in and is talking trash to Chris Statlander telling him to get out because, you know, he's in but she's kind of been laid out at this point so she's taking her time obviously getting out of the ring um then blade tries to attack her like and at this point when that you know this is where it fell apart a little bit for me um although i didn't i didn't hate the match but anyway blade tries to go free tries to close on her own, but she ducks and escapes the ring and the blade eats a crossbody from orange cassidy followed by one of his kind of swinging tornado ddts or whatever you'd call it Um, Orange Cassidy goes up top again. The bunny kicks him off the ropes. um, Though Chris gets her back and hits Area fifty four five one, so four fifty one, like four fifty splash, but extra degree because it's Area fifty one, Area fifty, Area, Area four fifty one on the blade. Now that's quite contentious because she does that in full view of the referee, um, which I'll I'll, uh, come back to in a sec. Bunny then slides the brass knuckles to Blade, who knocks out Orange Cassidy. But uh, Chris Statlander is very kind of sneaky, tags herself in off um, Orange Cassidy without uh, the Blade kind of realising it. And in the confusion, um, it hits the Big Bang Theory on, uh, on the Bunny for the victory. Um, yeah, just to come back to it, would you say that... I mean, I... would Forgive me if I come across as a a bit of a, you know, a dickhead here. Because, you know, you like, oh, you know, uh, it should be... Yeah, um, I'm not even touching that, to be fair, the kind of gender politics of this. But, per the rules, shouldn't that have been a disqualification? Uh the um the fact that Chris attacked uh, Chris Statlander attacked um the blade in full view of the referee because it would have been if the blade had actually connected his his clothesline with Chris Statlander and the referee had seen it would it not Patrick is my question to you
1: very good question I was asking myself also that would something happen so. Uh, when when Orange Cassidy attacks the bunny outside of the ring, where he was just like, just teasing a little bit that he would do it, yeah. but um, also here that the same applies here as to the opening match, the 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 strap match. We didn't understand the rules. Yeah. There were no clear rules on it, like how it's but, supposed I mean- to to be, and that at some point. Uh, uh, um, Aubrey Edwards really enforced the rules and just kicked the uh, 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 kicked the blade out because Orange Cassidy blind tag with uh, Chris Lander. and um, yeah, that's that's the downturn of the match. I think um, the,
0: I think the ending just about landed. It was a little bit convoluted, a little bit confusing with Chris tagging herself in um, and Blade not being able to break up the pin or whatever. But it was it just about worked. The the live crowd got it anyway. I think they, they you know yeah, the ref the Aubrey did yeah. did a did a um, she Aubrey did a good way of I mean she's very theatrical anyway. Aubrey as a referee she was good at kind of conveying to the audience that there'd been a tag. Um, so it just about landed. It could have it could have fallen flat if it hadn't gone if it hadn't come across very well and that's probably uh, credit to Aubrey but um yeah um i just i don't know cuz uh, as well the the announced team thought he had a second set of brass knuckles that Aubrey had missed so that kind of took the shine off it a bit because it's like why wouldn't she find both um but that was obviously their mistake and they had missed the bunny sliding him the brass knuckles um so yeah just just odd that um Chris Atlander hit 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 a move on the blade and full in full view of aubrey i believe and she didn't um call it a dq it's just uh face yeah. bias i guess
1: but yeah that, that's that was weird but uh yeah there was just a little bit overshadowing a pretty good match i have to say it was well booked it was well executed even with the bunny in it which um well, we are also not let, like big fans from uh, off but I... she has really well improved over the last weeks and uh yeah it was very See, good Yeah, and Chris Deadlander is over as fuck
0: also is what I have to say. I keep waiting for the bunny to have a big leap in improvement and I actually don't think she's improved that much, but she tries really hard and like you have to give her that. It's like and, you know, that's like 90% of it. Like, look at Eddie Kingston. He's not the best wrestler in the world, but he goes for these enziguris, and, uh, you know, they might look sloppy as fuck, but goddamn, he, you know, he uh, he he really puts 110% into his matches. And that's why I, I honestly, I see that from, from the bunny, from, um, yeah, whatever you want to call her. But, uh, like, she did hit a German suplex off off the uh, second rope or something, or top, top rope on this, uh, in this match. And, um yeah I mean her character work is a bit cringy like I said when she was like laughing yeah that's the, true that's true the But I,
1: to be honest I also like that a little bit because this makes this characters like whoa that's very cringy but she is that cringy character yeah. I think in the end so in it, it's it's not that bad to be honest like yeah. I, I'm I'm growing a bit on it like also with Jade Cargill now it, it starts to grow on me a bit they should just... keep doing that or she should keep progressing like and you're completely right also that you said like you cannot see See a big leap of uh, improvement right now, which is true, uh, but, but she is going she's, for moves. You know Yeah, I mean? she's, she's going she's for trying. moves and she's trying, and she is also now uh, doing what she's good at and not trying things out she's not good at, like building, putting together a whole match. No, she's just showing a few moves, like in this case, or when she's outside sometimes as a, as a uh, as a manager, and then just. Just that really good and that's the part where they should maybe focus a bit on and, and let her improve a little more maybe in the training center or somewhere and that that what she's showing right now the last the last bits is really good so yeah they should focus on that and just keep working on that in the background
0: i really i just like i said i'm waiting for this big burst of improvement from her because obviously we have our uh our year end uh honor show at the end of the year um where we kind of uh, hand out these distinctions, and one of them is uh, most improved. Do you know what I mean? So I, I, uh, someone has to be bad at the beginning of the, not bad but not great at the beginning of the year and come a long way to win most improved and i see that potential in the bunny to, and that um, would be so great to be honest the most because, improved wrestler of 2021 yeah.
1: yeah because it's it's just of course sometimes you know it, it's nice that you can finally say that you have no worry can say that was so shitty i just have to say it give it to him because it's bad but on the other hand i just don't want to talk people down to you know that if they will hear it one day but you know they, like not not tell them okay you're bad you're just bad and f- let them feel bad no you're bad but see this as an opportunity to improve also and when you're improving then that's the thing why there's a bad thing there would be no good thing if there was no bad in it you know if you're improving yeah. then you did everything you should do from out of it
0: yeah next up we had. What do we have next? We had. Well, next are. Maybe we, we can had, skip
1: that. Like it was. What, I don't Jungle know. boy
0: getting an award. Oh no, that's that's fine. Sorry. <laughs> what comes huh. afterwards What's then? Jungle boy got an award. Um, that was nice. all it was. <laughs> yeah. Well, I he can, got I an can award make this for joke. No. First, first to fifty. Yep.
1: yeah i can make this joke now you can decide afterwards if you want to edit this out but this award is nothing because he, he got another nice trophy which is anna J. now so you can
0: <laughs> no keep that in i think okay. it's i think it's very flattering very fair she is uh she it's is not objectifying
1: very... it's just a joke people not,
0: it's not it's very true she's uh she's a very she's a lovely lady he's a lovely man she's got a she's got a trophy on her hands also, too they see. would have some
1: see like can we talk like two straight guys he looks very handsome i have to say he looks he cool is. he looks he looks you very mean, his nice dad,
0: his yeah. dad had hollywood good looks so yeah right know. he's a I good, mean, good he's mixture
1: dad- also like when you saw his mom his mom with his like this this uh, this lion oh, got the hair from her didn't yeah you? right yeah. and this is look is just like perfect he looks super good he looks like also like a character you can put on 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 a poster to be the main guy of them
0: Yeah, I mean, like I said, his his dad was in 90210, right? And I think his dad played, like, a proper grown-up, not a teenager in 90210, like someone's dad or something. But it it, it was 90210, wasn't it? But even in 90210, even the grown-ups have to be sexy, do you know what I mean? That that, that sounds bad. Even the grown-ups have to be sexy. No, right? (laughs) Like... They're all grown ups. <laughs> D- <laughs> Disclaimer, Every- <laughs> but they're teenage. You know, they're eighteen, ninety. The pr- even the older grown ups, the the forty year olds, have to be sexy in nine or, 2 or I think I've just about avoided that one. <laughs> that would be so just divided
1: the pedo curve just,
0: <laughs> the, p- the pedo curve All right. <laughs> is that now the no, of the show no I think then we get cancelled <laughs> no we uh, we've, we've got that unfortunately we've got the title of the show is uh because it's a special episode it will be uh it'll be oh, the name yeah, right, of the special right, episode right, right, church, but yeah. um you know pedo curve is it's a close second anyway should we move on um <laughs> next up oh no no I don't want to skip this I want to talk about this um because it was so bizarre, but I don't think it all was lost. Okay, so I, I, I want to get what you think about it first. Um, so they're in the—I can't remember who it was. Was it Tony Schiavone or something? Was in the crowd. Someone was in the. It wasn't. Yeah, I think it was Tony Schiavone because I don't. I don't remember seeing um, Marvez once during this show. Um, it was Tony. Yeah, but he was in the crowd talking to american top team which is an mma gym um i know amanda nunez um i know her very well and uh not personally but you know and um i'm afraid i'd I'd probably shown my lack of watching mma but i I wasn't that familiar with the guy um the male fighter that was with them and i've forgotten him now i just know amanda because you know i know her as a fighter um and then uh this what's what's his name um What's the, what's the what's the dude's name? That this is bad. That uh, they booked it because I can't. Dan Lambert. Dan, La- yeah, Dan Lambert. Thank you. Dan Lambert gets in the ring. Um, <laughs> just it's so random. Da- like okay, he's uh, starts- to, to be
1: fair. Just before you start, I thought this segment was just during the commercial break, just uh, something for the people in
0: in the hall. <laughs> okay, so so some people might not. I I don't know. I think it was on telly. I don't know. Um, If this was during the commercial break, then there'll probably be some American listeners listening to this who won't have a clue what we're talking about. So let me try and be as clear as possible. So, um yeah American American top team they're in MMA school Dan Lambert started it um, and there was a couple of MMA fighters with him uh, he uh, he gets on the mic and then he steps in the ring and starts shitting on AEW's style um, like a particular southerner we know it's like he's imitating him that we were talking about earlier in the evening um uh, very old man yells at cloud energy <laughs> um, talking about just like he hates all this new style he loved old school wrestling hates the current product, he lists off all these old wrestlers he loved to watch, then Lance Archer comes out, clocks him and hits the blackout on him um, and knocks him out um, what What did you make of this Patrick, I'm really interested I'm not going to tell you how I felt about it I want to hear what you felt about it I just,
1: uh, I nothing I just like yeah why So that was for me the downturn of a really great show. Uh, I was like, yeah, why did you just do that? That was time wasted also again i can i can only argue with that like always like it just give the women more time why do you have to put somebody in there maybe it's a little cross promotion thing it's i think it might be a little bit indirect ufc cross promotion because or just getting into the bubble there because i think is it tonight no, yeah but with the conor mcgregor fight that's that's happening tonight where i i'm aware of which is really rare but uh I really just don't get me wrong if you like MMA, just that's fine but I don't really care about MMA um, also the li- listeners, I mean the listeners if you like MMA, I really do not care about MMA and I don't get this crossover at this point and it's just, it doesn't have to do anything for me with wrestling and I just want to skip this because for me it's just like nonsense
0: Can I give my opinion on that? Yeah, of course <laughs> i I thought he was bizarrely Really, a really good heel promo. Well,
1: that that is true. That is true. But just from the context and everything, it just didn't make any sense to me. It didn't make any
0: sense. I was sat here confused as fuck, but going, this guy's got promo chops. What's going on? But he's a really good heel promo. Like he didn't he didn't miss a beat. And it was, I was like, I have no idea who this old man is, but he's a really good. He's he's got a really good heel promo in him. Um, I was like this this is this has no right being any good um just as a promo um alone, if you tuned in and you had no experience with wrestling and you didn't know who anyone was in the whole show in all of AEW and you saw that you'd be like ah this guy's not bad i mean it would then be weird when someone told you oh he's not actually part of the show he just hopped the barrier and cut a promo in the ring but i mean and then he takes a he takes a bump you know it was um he's just he just re- he was re- he was a really good promo <laughs> <laughs> but it yeah, obviously it didn't really have a place on the show, it might have been just there for cross promotional reasons, but I would rather them do sh- if they have to do shit like this, that's about as good as it could have gone, like you know they could have it could have been some really awkward meandering slog of a promo um and and but he was actually he was actually getting some decent heat from the crowd like. Like he was, uh, it was cheapy, but it was, you know, he, you could tell he knew his shit with the people he was listening off, you know, um, the, the, the old school 70s, 80s wrestlers he was listen off. And I just, I didn't hate it. I'm not going to give it my shocker of the week. I didn't hate it. Uh, I've gone mental, but I didn't. It's
1: it just, it's very interesting when I put in his name as first like result on Google is uh, uh, him on the MLW website.
0: Ah, there you go. So he yeah, yeah. So he has a keen love eggs.
1: for wrestling and was in ah. Eddie Graham's promotion back then in Championship Wrestling from Florida.
0: Yeah, he mentioned
1: uh, that. Yeah, so, so but this yeah, because
0: expl- explains why he possibly has the promo experience, probably, yeah. you know, because yeah, it wasn't it wasn't bad uh, as a as a pro- if you were. If you were showing that in like a promo clash, you'd be like, "Yeah, that's that's decent. Like that's a, it was a decent promo. Just it, you know, it was out of place, but and I was just confused the entire time. But you know, I was like, actually, this, 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 this dude, um, he's not bad on the mic. Next up, we had our main event of the evening: Penta El Cerro Miedo and Eddie Kingston versus the Bucks of Youth. Um, first up. It uh, Okay, so first up, in fact, I'm going to be brutally honest. This was one of those matches that I couldn't keep up with in taking notes. And it did get away from me at many points. And there will be big gaps in this play-by-play. I did the best I could, guys. So
1: Fair enough, really. There was so much happening. Like, really, with my eyes, I wasn't even able to follow it. And (laughs) the camera at some points was also not able to follow everything properly. So there you go.
0: Um, it goes out of the ring almost immediately Um, the Bucks try to in fact just just say I really do think I need to start recording voice memos for these Young Bucks matches rather than typing it out because like I could probably keep up with it then and then I transcribed it but like typing it out there's no way to follow it you're right anyway like I said action went out of the ring almost immediately the Bucks try to superkick Penta and Eddie but they catch Nakamura who's kind of he was holding them in place so uh, Penta and Eddie duck out of the way and especially Nakamura Nakamura. That's, that's right. My, Nakazawa. Sorry. God damn. That, was, that would have been a big shock. Just. <laughs> what <laughs> a <come> second run. <laughs> surprise debut. Just uh, just Nakamura. Yeah, I knew I was going to do mechanic. that. I knew I was going to do that when I wrote Nak as shorthand. I was like, I'm going to say NAC- <laughs> Nakamura instead of Nakazawa because there's a more famous Nak. Anyway, Nakazawa, they catch him with the super kicks. Um, Brandon Cutler tries to get involved. Um. And he's, like, backing into the corner with his cold spray um, as uh, Penta and Eddie advance on him. But he's saved by the Bucks, who attack from behind with chairs. Eddie hits a drop toe hold on one of the Bucks at this point. I've lost, I think it's Matt, um, onto onto the chair and hit a double-team move on both of them as they're hanging over the chairs. Then Penta, in a bit of a Dudley boys um, kind of homage, goes up top while... Um, Eddie holds a chair over Nick's testicles and Penta hits a dropkick onto the chair um, off the ropes. Penta then one,
1: int- one, sorry, one slight interruption. Now that was Go weird. On. Why Why was Nick holding the chair all the time in front of his butt? <laughs> <laughs> that was a little weird. It was like, yeah, okay, okay. Of course, he's just trying to make it more, you know, but yeah, yeah
0: anyway. Um, Penta at this point introduces a couple of tables and Eddie starts weirdly dismantling one of the tables in the ring. Um, which, it didn't really seem to have a point in it to it in the end, but maybe for safety, but then there was still things, spikes poking up. So, anyway, um, uh, he tries to this is Eddie Kingston tries to superplex Matt onto the ruined table um, I suppose I can see he took the frame off so if someone's getting a superplex on it, you don't want to land on that frame so that makes sense why he took the frame off um, Nick saves him and Eddie is the one that uh, goes into the into the flat table instead it's like an upturned table with the frame taken off so it's just land on a big piece of wood essentially um, why they chose that rather than just going through the table uh, I mean it was, it was fine and um, then uh penta hits a destroyer out of nowhere pretty much the camera just cut straight to it and i was like what the hell is happening it's a destroyer on matt from the apron uh through the table on the outside so very brutal probably the probably the biggest spot of the match to be honest um eddie catches a trash can courtesy of nick uh nick and brandon get a third table out that gets set up in the corner i believe Kingston hits an exploder on Nick but ends up putting himself through oh yeah He then he runs to follow it up with a shoulder tackle I think and ends up putting himself through that table because Nick gets out of the way Nick hits a senton off the rope onto Eddie uh, with the trash can on top of him Penta gets back in because uh, Penta and um, Penta and Matt took themselves out of the fight for quite a while uh, with the, with that uh, destroyer, which I like that they sold it because that, that's one criticism AEW gets is they treat the destroyer like it's nothing, and you know or they you know it's one criticism the Young Bucks get that it's just big spots they shouldn't be able to get up from. But I think if you actually watch Young Bucks matches, things like that will happen, and they're down for like a third of the match, you know. Um, but anyway, a thrust kick for Nick and a sling blade from each of the Bucks courtesy of penta um eddie locks in the rear naked choke on matt and nick 450s well he goes up top and he's de- he's debating whether to hit a 450 on eddie kingston and uh his brother to break up the the move or he doesn't go he doesn't take that direction this is probably my favorite bit of the match um and instead he hits a 450 on rick knox who it's a street fight so he's not disqualified um and then rick can't count the first of two times that uh that um, Eddie and Penta should have won this because Matt tapped to the rear naked choke. Then at this point, the Good Brothers come out. Penta hits a Tope Con hilo on the Good Brothers. Brandon tries to, this was great, he tried to cold spray uh, Penta, and Penta like, kept moving his head, and he was going to with each of the cold sprays. Um, but then Frankie Kazarian, the elite hunter, comes out and power bombs him through a table. Fantastic. Um, Kazarian then eats a magic killer from the Good Brothers. Um, Kingston gets the thumbtacks out. Uh, this was this was one of my many points in this match where I kind of lost track of it. I've probably already gone over some of them, but this was another. Um, anyway, Penta saves Eddie from something. I don't know. I didn't write it down. <laughs> um, it was going way too fast. Uh, Nick Jackson hits a Hurricane Rana off the top rope on Penta, I believe, onto the thumbtacks. Or was it? Yeah, and that was what took Penta out of the match um, and finished him for the evening to Eddie Kingston's mouth and. Um, got super kicked for his troubles and then the one two three um how did i do considering i there was big chunks of that is missing but i tried to make a kind of coherent narrative um it wasn't easy uh how did i do most importantly patrick what did you think of the match
1: (laughs) no you you did very well especially what you said the narrative the narrative was important here because it was happening so much at a very high speed so uh Yeah. yeah that was very well done Give yourself Thank a you. nice pat on the shoulder, my friend. Oh, I will. <laughs> oh, we didn't hear it. Let, let us hear it. I know. Yes, that's what the people want to hear. You got to give the people what people they want. What they want. Uh, yeah, it was a great match. To be honest, I loved it from the beginning to the end. It was high speed. It was. It was a really old school carnage street fight uh, ECW match. To be honest, because there were a lot of yeah, just. A lot of 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 weapons used. A lot of like spots, bumps, everything. Like ah, oh, that was sh- so great, and the finish was was really great. Like I really loved that. That was on point because the Bucks uh, were victorious over Eddie Kingston uh, in beating him with his own weapons. To be honest, like it's this it, it this hardcore thing, which is not the Bucks territory or the usual territory, but they just did it with this. That was a very nice uh, a, a storytelling in there.
0: Uh, I know and- I've seen I know I've seen the thumbtacks in the mouth spot at least twice before. I can remember one. I'm trying to remember the other. So one that I remember. I remember in final battle, uh, Ring of Honor title match. Jay Briscoe versus Adam Cole. Adam Cole put thumbtacks in Jay Briscoe's mouth and then super kicked him. Um, and it's happened once more, uh, at least once more. I've seen yeah, since definitely. Then. I saw but that I also sometimes before. Yeah, we probably see. It, but yeah. the other one I'm thinking of is probably you've seen it as well. But I can't remember when it was. But, yeah, I also yeah.
1: don't remember it. Might but I don't been, think it's, it's not. Yeah. It's, probably, it's, sorry, probably isn't, some it, people, isn't it in some, in some, some, some tournament it, of
0: actually. death or so where they did that once, actually? Oh, that, that, I'm sure it's happened in tournament. Yeah. To be honest, i probably seen it on GCW. Maybe, it was, um, there. maybe it was on Spring Breaks. because we both watched that, didn't we? Or maybe it was in the main event of Spring Break. Maybe, yeah. But this year our spring break, but um, no, yeah, it was it was good stuff, and there was and that spot in particular there was probably some people in the AEW crowd that hadn't seen it. So like it's okay to reuse spots in wrestling as long as you know you're you're surprising some people in the audience. Like um, I, th- I remember the um, the Brian Cage Darby Allin, throwing them out of the ring through the table. They'd done that exact spot on Evolve, I believe, but obviously not a lot of people had seen that compared to AEW. So like I think when that happens, that's um, that's pretty cool uh you know it's anyway yeah, i'm I'm, I'm getting off track carry on with your review of the match good Squire. yeah um yeah these these uh, uh, uh
1: simple actions there they're showing their moves showing there and uh which was kind of funny because Penta was uh, thrown into the thumbtacks, but he, he's wearing like a quite a thick, uh, <laughs> quite a thick uh, a costume there. And uh, yeah, I liked. It. Speaking of costume, I like that the Young mugs were dressed like. What did you and me call it? Like like a
0: gang from the Warriors from the 80s, or so from the 80s movie. <laughs> <I heard> they <laughs> probably intended that, and they're probably quite yeah. pleased that you picked up on it. If they if they listen, if Matt and Nick, come on the show. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I got I got I got Shaw Michaels vibes in Nick's little short. Uh, also, <laughs> yes, definitely also. His so, pre-Christian yeah, this, days when he was really a sexy boy.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, but other than that, I also the interaction with Brian Cutler in the... Uh, with Brandon Cutler, sorry. Um yeah, I just can say that it was a great match. I was, I felt so entertained. I felt so like the the uh, ECW fan in me was so pleased by the presentation and the booking of that match. It didn't uh, feel it,
0: overbooked. There were so many people. Definitely in it. Yeah, not. It didn't, it didn't feel like it was overbooked, and it felt everything felt like it had its place. Like yes. if it was overbooking, they probably would have had Kenny run out there too, and that might have been overbooked. Yeah, but um, just Frankie
1: Kazarian coming out there—that was just
0: yeah, oh, that got me, odd uh, Fra- Frankie Kazarian coming out gave me. It sowed a seed of doubt for me. Um, Combined with the fact that, you know, we always, we've talked about this time and time again. We talked about this with Jack, um, that their job is to make you doubt the result that you thought was a sure thing. Do you know what I mean? Um, And, and Frankie Zarian coming out um, to kind of help out like he did. Combined with the fact that they obviously had to earn this title shot um, last week. Um, and it's not just it's not just the throwaway title match it's a, it's a title match they earned kind of gave me for a second that kind of um that kind of little hint that maybe Eddie Kingston and Penta could pull it off i mean it's a special show they're in front of a live like live crowd on the road for the first time maybe they want to say thank you and reward them and you know keep so like obviously the young bucks are not done yet with their tag title reign they've got more stuff to do but you know all the conditions. It did. It did make me think. And Frankie Kazarian was a big part of that of making me think. Oh, this this could be it, man. Like because then they could feud with Frankie and whoever. Like because he's the elite hunter, and you know if he cost him the title. And, um, and just the fact that it felt like... And they just because they deserved it so much, because two points in this match, that was one thing I missed. Um, they got a pin count on them, didn't they? They got a three count, um, them being Penta and Eddie Kingston, but the referee was knocked out. Rick Knox exactly was uh, yeah. knocked out. Yeah. So they, they t- Matt tapped and there was a three count. So it was like, oh, man. And, and how just how the crowd would have just gone mental if they'd actually at the third time of asking had actually got it in the match. So there was, there was a little sliver of doubt there. I don't know whether they, I wouldn't say they convinced me, but they, you know, they got me, they got me with enough reasonable doubt that I could kind of, which is where you want them, to, you know, you want them to get you to where you can like just really pop and really, really kind of takes a match to that next level. But yeah, um, really good stuff. Um, I don't think it was there. It was a classic Young Bucks tag team match, and it was a classic street fight, but I don't think it was um, either of the best. I don't think it was the Young Bucks' best tag team match by a long shot, and I don't think it was um, the best street fight they've had. I think Best Friends versus Santana Ortiz Park lot Lot Brawl um, would probably be the best, uh, if you classify that as a street fight, um, would probably be the best street fight. But... Um, it was it was good. It was good for both of those, though. It was um, it was really good stuff. It dragged a little bit in the middle for me, and seemed to kind of lose direction a little bit in the middle. But uh, they no, they brought it back fine, and like the last last third, the last sequences were just they were just perfect with uh, everyone coming in and you know everything executed perfectly. So that about brings us to the end of our dynamite review. Um, before we give out our awards uh what 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 are your thoughts on the show overall patrick awesome it's just my my thought like it was it was also so jam-packed
1: you see it now like we're we are running already like like a a, a, a long time now (laughs) the recording already also but uh he was, just, uh, he was just scrolling through everything it, yeah. again. There was so much to talk about. And there was even so much happening that this uh, Ricky Starks and FTW segment, they pre-recorded that. In, or they, they showed that from another show, like for Dark Elevation, where recorded yeah. that and just put it in there. And yeah, it was just completely all jam-packed with, with things. And, and it
0: nothing was, really felt rushed. Either. Yeah, that's also true. Yeah. And great great time management
1: yeah great time management really well executed and the main event took 14 minutes that was also quite long um, yeah. they still had quite that longer, time left
0: Yeah, which is good you know
1: so it was yeah it was all in all such a great show uh, yeah, for them being on the road again they completely executed uh, things well like we talked about before storyline story wise that you could just see they were waiting for that because with the crowd reaction yeah. it's just 10 times better yeah, what did you make out of it? Also, good. Oh, or? great!
0: I had to. I had to hold myself back from rating it a nine on Cage Match because I. Uh, I gave it an eight out of ten because I think I'm just. That's like, completely cause, fair, yeah. Well, because I gave Double or Nothing a nine. Do you know what I mean? So it's like I, I if I look at them side to side, Double or Nothing was better, but oh it's just really good. It was just. Oh, it's just good, man. It's just so good to be. It's just so good they're touring uh, again. Um, just I, based on the out. Of the ring action alone, it would have been nine for sure. Um, you know the the stuff with Chris Jericho and MGF face off, the the um, Brit Baker scathing attack on Tony Khan, the like even the worst of it, which was maybe from the MMA school coming in and cutting a promo for no reason. That again, that may not have even been in the show for Americans. It might have just been for a treat for us on fight. But even that was like like i said technically the promo was good it was just kind of nonsense you know um in terms of of, it shouldn't have been there but even that was like watchable do you know what i mean so it's like uh, yeah the outer ring stuff was fantastic and obviously obviously um malachi black's debut being the highlight um if i have to give my shocker of the week see i was tempted to give it to excalibur's botched not botched call his confusing call um, during the Malachi Black debut um, I was scrolling through trying to find someone to give it to but I probably have to give it to uh, the quote unquote fat bastard fan um, trying to uh, trying to slay a wrestler for his lord and saviour Jim Cornette so let's give it to that one ah! Excalibur Excalibur's record remains un- un- uh, untouched what about your heel moment of the week Patrick? Yeah for me it's uh Kenny
1: again another Kenny if he does it but Kenny just what's the capital of Thailand Bangkok boom <laughs> 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 it's so so wild well, just such a classic and then he he does that like on in the ring like on stage on national tv that's just a great move yeah god damn
0: it right well one more order of business before we move on to discussing next week um, by the way, you can use this time to get up the, uh, or you might have it ready. I don't know. Are you prepared, Patrick, to, uh, to read out next week's matches? I'm prepared. Yes. Oh, well done. Um, more order of business is our match of the night. What is your match of the night? I mean, I think it's quite obvious.
1: Uh, although I would have loved to given it to the mixed tag match, but mm due to the weird circumstances and like yeah the, the pretty sloppy i would say sloppy booking for like for for the roots and everything it's the main event for me the the tag title match
0: yeah halfway through the tag title match when i said i was saying to you i felt like it lost direction a bit i was i was like at that point i started looking through the other matches of the night thinking what's going to be my match of the night because it's not going to be this one how foolish i was because like i said that last third was so good that um it made up for it losing direction a bit and um yeah that's my match of the night too so i'm glad we don't disagree because there's only two of us so i don't know what we'd do flip a coin if uh, if we did disagree but no that is the main event is again the match of the night as it usually seems to be unless serena deeb's on the card <laughs> um yeah but uh why don't you give us the rundown of next week patrick yeah
1: sure so next week we'll have a promo from Hangman Page which was uh, announced for the show a s- singles match unfortunately random but I hope it will be a good match or I'm sure it will be a good match anyways Penelope Ford against Yuka Sakazaki
0: I wouldn't say that's random at all that's Yuka Sakazaki's return to the States
1: yeah yeah that, that's true
0: but like the, the
1: match constellation
0: is just like quite random again I mean um, who, who would she fa- face I bet Britt Baker will probably get involved in that to be honest because yeah. that's this is the thing. After after Britt Baker's thing with Nyla Rose, um, so Yuka Zakazaki's. Oh, we'll talk about this in a minute. We'll talk about this in a minute. You, you go.
1: And then we have uh, Matt Hardy versus Christian Cage, uh, the FTW Championship match, Brian Cage versus uh, Ricky Starks, the Coffin match, Darby Allen versus Ethan Page, and the IWGP United States Heavyweight title, John Moxley versus Carl Anderson. Yes, fucking yes.
0: hell, we're back, aren't we? AEW's yeah, is back for real, and that's
1: isn't it? that's 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 a TV show, <laughs>
0: not a pay per view. You just that, have to keep that in mind. It's back. It's back. This is what I was talking about. Like, there's, I okay. So I'm really thankful for Daily's Place. Daily's Place is always going to be iconic as an AEW fan for the pandemic era. Do you know what I mean? They, they put that package together the other week. Beautiful. You know, um, we love Daily's Place, but this it wasn't the same. It wasn't the same. And and uh, you know, so many you know so i kept trying to convince myself oh it's just cuz the fan setup is different it's cuz the arena setup is different they're not on the road like no they booked it different you know they had more they had a lot more nothing matches than they used to um than they used to before the pandemic because i mean we didn't we didn't uh we we know AEW more from the pandemic era than pre pandemic, you know? Like it's it's been going on much longer. They were at Daily's place much longer than they were on the road. Um from like October to January or whatever. Um so much longer. Um but yeah, this this now, this booking, this these cards, this feels like back before they were stuck at daily's place you know this feels like the kind of stuff they used to put on every week where you like every week is much what must watch every match is must watch whereas it wasn't always the case on um, and I, i'm not just talking about the dark in era the the friday and saturday night shows um just some just there was always like a cut and one or two nothing matches you know and and a lot of kind of predictable matches as well um whereas now i i just i think they're back baby do you know what i mean like i Definitely. I find it hard to pick. We, you know, as we always pick which one we're more excited about. I, I, maybe, maybe Christian Cage versus Matt Hardy just because of the history. But I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Cause I think the, I think about the coffin match and I think about the, and I'm excited to see Yuka is as a TJPW fan. Um, And the the main event, cause I think that might change. And I'm excited to see, I'm excited to see the FTW title actually defended on Dino. I, I don't know. I'm, I'll go with my first instincts and say Christian Cage versus Matt Hardy, but it, Christian Cage versus Matt Hardy, but it could change day to day, and I'm I'm tempted to say the U.S. match. What about you?
1: Um, yeah, for me, it's also not easy, but I'll just also I I'll go with the uh, United States title match, the IWGP, yeah. because. Uh, I'm really curious to see Carl Anderson if he will be machine gun Carl Anderson and in the ring and how the match will go. Also, you made me curious now with the outcome of the match. There might be a slight chance that we see mm-hmm. a title change there, so that's well, what is, I'm most yeah. excited for. But then, it's like the Coffin match is for me something like how will they do this? Like what kind of Coffin? How will this be set up? FDW cha- Championship match like what and will we have the final now of this this feud And Matt Hardy was Christian Cage? Come on! Oh, and did, did, I like we, um, to see Penelope before the New next week as well. No, that's
0: in t- that's No, that's e-
1: not not even announced. That's oh, the thing. Okay. People are expecting that for All Out to be. <laughs> okay, yeah. Uh the people are expecting that it will be on All Out.
0: Um Yeah, no. In terms of Yuka Sakazaki, what I was saying before is um I I expect her uh, probably after the Nyla Rose thing is done with Britt Baker, after Britt Baker defends against the Nyla Rose successfully, um I, I would assume she go into pro- programme with Yuka Sakazaki because there is unfinished business where she knocked out Yuka's tooth. And that was the last time we saw Yuka Sakazaki in the States. Um, I can't really stress uh, to uh, fans who don't watch Joshi how big a deal Yuka Sakazaki is. Um, They just, um, I mean, we should be talking about this in less important shows, but it was so long ago. I can't really talk about it in less important shows. It was like um, maybe a couple of months ago now, but they had the Cyber Fight Fest, which was a massive super event um, crossing over um pretty much all the Japanese promotions that aren't like major ones that aren't Bushi Road owned, so all the ones that are Cyberfight owned. So uh, DDT, TJPW, um Gambari Pro and uh, Noah. Um and then they had a triple main event and one of them was um Yuka Sakazaki versus Miyu Yamashita. Who was the who was the title holder and still is the title holder because uh, Mio successfully defended the Princess of Princess title against her, and so she's she's off the back of an arena main event, you know, in Japan because um, it was a triple main event. So like it's it's funny to see her coming back to AEW where she'll probably be like a mid because, but I mean she won't really because it's um I you know I do expect her to go straight into the top uh, a top a top tier feud for the um a title feud so I mean i that's why I hope anyway um cause she is, she is she's a fantastic minimum nine out of ten wrestler for sure she's she's awesome um can't say enough good about her and I'm excited to see her back, but yeah um that just about brings us to an end of our show. do we actually have any any other shows to talk about this week because <laughs> I haven't been keeping up with stuff not, not uh, really
1: not really no I, I also uh, like <laughs> yeah.
0: so no so no less important shows this week um because why would you need to watch any less important shows when you have an AEW Dynamite of this caliber? So uh, I shall bid you adieu, and uh, uh, it's nice. It's nice being back with you, Patrick.
1: Yeah, likewise. Very nice, and also uh, having a crowd back. You know, talking about this now. This this enlightened another fire after all this COVID era. This time, I also liked last week. Uh, I liked that actually a lot. It was oh, of course, it was a little. Um, yeah, just like, yeah, it's sentimental or so that they had this this video um, paying tribute to, uh, uh, to the Dailies Place during the pandemic era. But it was also nice that they just look back on it and they're like, yeah, it's over now, people, we just made it, we're going back on the road. The time is is changing again. We're going to do something new, and WWE hasn't cashed in on that yet. So it was sold out all out. As, it was sold out before it got into the uh, to the to the public sale. So all people who pre-registered, they already sold that out. That's a very good uh, sign right now, and. Um, yeah, I'm really curious to see how the development will be because uh, Raw is getting uh, less and less uh, popular. The ratings are dropping there. AW is almost there with the, f- uh, with the uh, demo where they're in uh, that they could beat Raw maybe at some point of time. So I'm interested in what the future will, especially the signing of uh, of Tommy Ant now is a real big one, having him and Andrade in there who were really high prospects when they when they're in nxt and everything i was like wow that's really good stars they could build something losing
0: them yeah and then
1: losing them and also um i read now that uh, jim ross said backstage to tommy and said to him you're just you're not here just just as normal guy you're a top guy you're here to to bring us to a new level um and that's definitely it and also during the the pandemic the signings i would say these are like minor things but the big show and mark henry are quite big things when you think about backstage what they're doing backstage they're building up a locker room and an atmosphere behind that which might be missed out on wwe for years
0: i will say it is weird and a little bit if i have to criticize is weird and a little cheap to me that if they are solely backstage roles and i know the big Big Show's not... uh, Paul White or whatever is not because he does commentary on Dark and that. So that's a little different. But Mark Henry hasn't been seen since. So if he's just in a backstage role, it it feels a little bit like let's milk him for all he's worth to actually have him introduced. You know, to bring him out and wheel him out in front of a crowd and say, we've got Mark Henry. It just feels a bit, if he's just doing backstage. But he said he's, you know, he said he's not, he's not saying, he's, he's never saying never in terms of an in-ring thing. So I, I think he could probably do, he never had that much of a demanding style, to be honest, did he? Yeah, so, definitely. Um, Although
1: I think it's demanding power-wise, <laughs> <yeah>.
0: <laughs> because think, he's a I big think he guy. Still, yeah, I think, he, I, I think he could probably still wrestle almost to a level as he used to, to be honest with you. Just, yeah. Yeah, I'm
1: curious to see if he will do that one match or so him against the Big Show one more time or so that would be just great and then they're they're, then they're showing things they were never allowed to show in WWE just just imagine that that would be so funny really seeing them in their late ages and also Sting Sting showed stuff now like in his in his first in ring match again where I was just so positively surprised was well, like great he can still do that he doesn't have to do that he can still do that like every three or four months he doesn't have to do that on a daily or, or on a regular base it, that's just great and that's how, how you also make a bigger longevity for the whole uh, wrestling scene because there are wrestlers in the roster who haven't wrestled a lot but when they're back in wrestling they're just like fire all in and that's what I want in the end
0: mm. yep no um agreed so, as I say, that closes our show. Um, I've had fun. You've had fun. So, uh, nothing, nothing more to say except sign off. And I'm faced with the same dilemma I always am, where after however many months, seven months of the show, I still don't have a sign off. Um, s- send your ideas in. Send your ideas in with the proof you're from New Jersey. Um, and, yeah, goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> You know when you just choke on spit? Okay, hold on.
1: (laughs) That's what she said. (laughs)